And a happy Friday morning to you. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin Bass. Back with us here in studio on a Friday. The Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box. Stan the Fan Charles. How are you, Glenn? How are you, Griffin? He's all right. Good to Doing see both well. of you. Good to see both of you. Could have used a, uh, a raise loss last night. That would have been nice. I would have appreciated oh, we're, that. Oh, we're watching the schedule. Oh, we're I'm watching the this scoreboard. Is, this is, Stan, as a kid, this yeah. was the most exciting part. Like, 96, 97. Right. For me, I was 13, 14 years old around then. <laughs> um, and I just remember this being the most exciting part about it is when I, you have a reason. So you play fantasy baseball. You have other... I have no real other attachment to baseball games, right? Like, if, it, if I've got nothing else to do, maybe I'll put another baseball game on. Right. The part where it gives me reason to be in lockstep with what else is going on in baseball, oh, I love that part. I am all in for that part. So uh, that was a bummer. That was a bummer. Orioles two games back as the weekend begins. They host the Pirates for three starting night. And a big weekend, obviously, at Camden Yards. Lots of events this weekend in celebration of the uh, 30th anniversary. Speaking of which, Mike Devereaux is going to join us a little bit later on. Is uh, I, I, Always good to talk to Devo. Uh, was my childhood favorite baseball player. Was he really? Singularly. Yeah. Singularly my childhood favorite baseball player. And uh, he's been good to, I mean, he's good to everybody, but uh, he's been good to me among that over the years. Yeah. So we'll have him back on the program today as he's in town for the 30th anniversary festivities. Also, so, Jorge Lopez is yeah. going to join us this morning. Um, I, I said this on Twitter already, but we actually recorded this yesterday and very emotional Are you chat. you dub in my question? Your question, right. <laughs> Go back, take mine out, and <laughs> superimpose your voice. Um, obviously, Jorge Lopez, now a twin, uh, after he was dealt earlier in the week. And um, just a really emotional conversation about what Baltimore meant to him. Obviously, everybody knows what his family's been through and... Um, the, the the multiple medical issues that his young son has dealt with in yeah. his life and the very emotional scene up in Boston when his son got to come watch him pitch and the whole team rallied around him for his birthday and threw him a little impromptu birthday party. I mean, just really special stuff. Yeah, he's, so, a, he's a special kid, Jorge Lopez. He really, I call him a kid. You know, he's been around the block a couple times, yep. but uh, the Orioles took him off the scrap heap and – put him in an optimum position to succeed, which was the bullpen. And some guys you don't know. handle that well. Some guys, yep. the disappointment of not being what you wanted to be as a starting pitcher, it is not easy for you to make that transition. Mentally, you are still struggling with, I have failed. Um, I am not the guy that I was supposed to be, and it just never really works, but... Boy, did it work for him? Obviously, yeah. So, well, I'm a I'm a big believer, and it's my mantra about pitchers that go into relief. A lot of times, it's they they are on on edge. The failed starters, they're always on edge about what's going to happen in four or five days, and all this talk about work between their mind is working, mm-hmm. and there's nothing they can do about it. And suddenly they're back out on the mound and their head's talking to them about, okay, I'm supposed to do this, this, and this. And all of a sudden they've walked two guys, given up right. a home run. Whereas a relief pitcher just has got to be on all the time. Yep. You know. Yep. That's so. a fact. That's a fact. All it's right. A, it's interesting. Felix Bautista 
who we said, oh, we got him. He's now given up home runs in four straight games. Let's not talk about that, Stan. Let's not. <laughs> I would like to pretend that that's not okay. happening and right. just ride with the fact. Okay. Oh, we're playing pretensy. No, I get okay. it. I get it. I, I'm i not worried about Felix Batista, but I reserve the right to be. I okay. reserve the right to change my mind here in a couple of days. Um, okay, so a couple things. You and I and uh, Luke Jackson did a different version of One More Thing. So you and I have spent some time, you know, sort of decomposing and breaking down what happened at the deadline. I got so so. What's our scoring for the um, the contest? There are predictions contest that we um, did. We I got well, points. Trades. I got points for both Mancini and for Lopez. Yes, and then you said Lyles was going to be traded. He yeah. Wasn't. Was I the only one that said Lyles was going to be traded? I also said Lyles would be traded. So I Stan said, gets that point. Yeah. So what, did so, I get any other points? Well, I think those are the only What's, points that we could have had so far. Yeah, those are the so only I th- had I had Trey not being. Oh, no, wait, I, I'll look it up. So I think you've got one point. Stan's got one point, and I've got two points. Well, I would just go ahead and take me out the glory days now, guys. It's the way that it would go. I would just go ahead and commit to when we wrap up here. Sounds we'll like wa- a good deal. We'll, to wa- me. we'll wander over. We'll All go right. to Glory Days Grill. Um, I was there last Friday. Got the uh, the opener, the uh, port, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. And as I've said a couple times this week, I literally put my fingers in the bowl and licked them when my friend wasn't looking because it's that good. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to find out more. But we talked um, a good bit. I I told you I was unnerved by Michael Elias's original comments and then eased. I, I think in part because of the reaction to his comments by him getting on a plane, flying to Dallas, and going and speaking to players and being very bold. The statement that you made when we were talking like, hey, words are good, but action is required. Like, it, you can't just say you're going to do certain things. You actually have to go do it. Sort of reflects what I've dealt with in talking to Orioles fans, which is there continues to be a percentage of Orioles fans that says, hey, look, I, I like the things yeah, that I... Yeah, but I've... when's it going to end? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Like, And that's I, I feel like that's been the largest group. Like, There's always a group of fans that's going to be on board with anything that you do, no matter what. We'll defend it to our death. The, you know, the team that we love can do no wrong. And there's always going to be the opposite of that, that the group of people that, that say everything you do will for always, forever and always be wrong. But it feels like the most predominant group of Baltimore sports fans is the group that says, hey, look, we think we're on board. We think we like what you've done. Yeah, we think the skies are getting blue. Correct. Yeah. But but when are they, right. they going to stop painting? Them? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And yeah. that's the biggest response that I've gotten is, okay, when's it going to be our turn? Yeah. When, when is it going to be the moment for us? Well, you think about it. Brandon Hyde's been managing this baseball team since 2019, right? Have they ever made a trade where they've been able to turn to him and say, hey, we delivered you something. Yeah, here's something. something. Yeah, exactly right. Here's something to help you right now. Yeah, Yeah, they've made a couple off-season signings. Uh, Jose Iglesias, Mm -hmm. Freddie Bynum. uh, Not Freddie Bynum. Freddie Bynum. Freddie Bynum. Not Freddie Bynum. (laughs) Who's the shortstop they had that uh, they went to the Phillies? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly about. who you're talking okay, about. but I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is so amazing what happens to your mind. No, it's – well, it's also – hang on a second. It's also something about the – these have not been particularly memorable years. Yeah, but, but uh, I brought up the player. I, I know I know to... exactly who you're thinking of, and yeah. I, I can't remember who it is. Okay, is anyway. I'll, I'll tell you in two seconds. Um, Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis. Uh, Jeez. Right. We, I we could have left it at Bynum. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> 
No, so anyway, you know, there have been a, these off couple acquisitions like that that you can say, but they've been off season. Every trade that they've made has detra- subtracted mm-hmm. from what Brandon Hyde had to deal with. It would be nice to hear what you're saying that Mike told the team that from here on in, yep. we're all we're in. We're going the other way. We're going we're, the other way. We're adding. We yep. are going to strengthen ourselves yep. moving forward. That's yep. going to be the plan. And again, they got to do it. Like that's the saying it is is a good thing, and it also allows for the rest of us to hold them accountable over it. Now you've made a declaration, right? I didn't say, my opinion was that they should have been signing a pitcher at the end of this season and starting to look ahead, but I didn't say they were going to. Now, you've made the declaration publicly. As the the face of the Orioles, you're saying, this is what we're going to do moving forward. We're going to sign players. Like It's on. It's on from here. We're moving into that realm. So now, you and I, when we have these conversations in December, we can sit back and say, well, what the hell? Right? Like, what's going on? There can be an amount of accountability if they don't do these things. And that, I hope, will not be something that we have to worry about. I hope that it's an honest reflection of what the plans of the organization are, and everyone from top down is on board with this is what they're doing as part of taking the next step as an organization. And by the way, if in the meantime they continue this magical run and they end up being a playoff team this year, bully, right? Like, the win-win at that point. But this, I, I can only hope, is a true reflection of exactly where they find themselves within the, the state of this rebuilding thing, that this is when they're announcing publicly, it's on, this is what we're doing moving forward. And, and by being on, that we're in, we're all in, we're not talking about signing another Jordan Lyles. No, we're talking about no, going right. that next. Maybe not and, getting and Justin correct, not Verlander, Garrett Cole, right? Yeah, yeah, but somebody that makes ten or eleven million dollars and signing them for maybe a two-year commitment. You know, that says, "Hey, we really believe in this guy. We've got it. We think and, our window yeah. is opening, and we want this guy to be here as part of that window. We think that he's going to help us." This contract that Jake Odorizzi had. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting contract. He got a three-year, $23.5 million contract that also included a $6 million signing bonus. So his average salary during that time is $7.8 million. You know, that's that's kind of the level you need to shop at at the bare basement, mm-hmm. you know. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's exactly – and by the way, that's – I my expectation is that that's what made sense, that before – Michael Elias said what he said. If you and I had just been talking, that's what I would have suggested the Orioles do this offseason. Again, not the $300 million guy. I don't, I just don't think that's realistic. I'm not opposed to it. Like, right. if the right guy, I'm not saying you can't do it. It's not my money. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm all for signing those guys, but I just, I think we're setting ourselves up for disappointment if that's what you believe. But I would have said, adding to, I get it. Grayson Rodriguez is going to be the biggest story. In in how significantly wood, correct he's healthy next spring and you know and if you can add in a healthy John Means and you know what whoever stays through this group Tyler Wells uh, he comes back and maybe and, Dean Kramer well we got to talk about Dean Kramer in a second because yeah. it does not look good of late he no. of course pitching tonight um, but whoever it is and then DL Hall of course that's the story as to whether this 
really moves into the realm that you expect it to. But you need to fortify it. You need to give yourself a backup plan in case part of this doesn't work. You need to have... So, and I, by the way, it would make sense to, to to let Jordan Lyles come back for another year. I would love to have Jordan Lyles back as sort of like the third or fourth 100, starter, 100%. not being my my ace. No, so not, correct. And by the way, that's exactly what he is at the moment. There's yeah. no doubt. Like he is their pitcher at the moment, and he is frankly the one guy that could go out. We could say right now, next year, we might not like all the innings, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that could go out next year and give you 160. 170 innings and count on it. what that does for your bullpen having one guy like yep. that can you imagine if you had two guys like 100%. that and the bullpen was m- much more rested 100. and ready to go 100 percent. well it's since, since you brought up kramer that was one of the topics i wanted to get to yeah. today stan um do you do you feel like he's maybe starting to pitch for his spot in the rotation tonight and I know that somebody would say, well, well, what are your other options? Well, I think we know what the other options are. The other options at this point are Matt Harvey and D.L. Hall, right? Yeah. Like, those are the options. And I get that you're not in love with one of them, they, but we have to talk about it. D. Matt Harvey's got to pitch for this team at some point. Like, they didn't bring him back to not pitch for this you, team. You know, I thought that two, two weeks ago when I went to his stats and he had like oh. a 2.92 ERA, and then mm. the other day – it's ballooned up in the fours now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any longer he is a lock okay. to do it unless there's an injury. In other words, I'd much rather see Spencer Watkins or Dean Kramer pitch right now um, rather than Matt Harvey. And two, three weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that. I thought that Matt Harvey was probably, A, in the ba- best shape he's been in to pitch in the major leagues for a short window, you know, six six to eight starts, um, than he's been in in maybe four or five years. And I thought he was pitching to that form at Norfolk, and now all of a sudden uh, the air's gone out of the balloon a little bit. Dean Kramer in five starts in July yeah. pitching to a 6.94 ERA. Yeah. Um, and that includes a five-inning, you know, no-run, two-hit performance against the Angels on that magical weekend, right? right? Like, that's despite the fact that he had a, a really great start in there. He's been woeful. He's been miserable um, for the month of July. He, and He's a guy up until this season, what he did uh, starting out this season, mm-hmm. he was a guy that I always thought was much more like a Jorge Lopez that would benefit – from being, and I wouldn't elevate him like automatically to closer, mm-hmm. but could he be a guy that is in the seventh and eighth inning like Dylan Tate and really dominate when he's has to be on? I'm, I'm repeating myself, has to be on every night. He has right. to go to the bullpen right. on edge that he's going to pitch tonight, not worrying about what he's going to do in four or five days. I've often thought that he was that guy, but I have to admit. His numbers in June were, like, eye-popping. Uh, they were exceptional. Know. In June, he pitched to a 1.29 ERA right. in five starts. He allowed four earned runs total in 28 innings of work yeah, in that's June. He good was, stuff. He was brilliant, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But it's been miserable in July. And this comes back to the question of, is is the bigger issue right now figuring out if Dean Kramer can be a starting pitcher, or is it, shuffling the deck chairs to see if you can't to, to your point about Matt Harvey sure you'd say he is not but 
Is it just, hey, let's see if somebody else can, let's give right. somebody else another, a shot right. to see if somebody else can do it because the wins and losses are actually important and actually matter right now. And right now, this guy's not getting the job done right. for us. I would, if he, if he does not hold up his end of the bargain tonight, I would certainly be in favor of bringing up Hall or Harvey for his next spot in the rotation. And maybe with, the, with both Harvey's ability to go long in a game and Hall's ability, have Kramer ready to piggyback in a relief sure, role. Sure. And that gives you a glimpse at how he handles a relief role, albeit a little bit more of a bulk thing, like a two and two-thirds, something like that. But I would really love to see – and I have my doubts, though, about in watching his body language. I don't know that Dean Kramer would accept that, you know, eagerly. Mm. I think he views himself as a starting pitcher. Mm. That's where his ego, his uh, uh, alpha is, right. you know, and um, I, I question that. So his long-term fit in this organization is is on – is on edge. To Stan's point about Matt Harvey, last time out was on Wednesday in five and two thirds. He gave up six runs on yeah. eight hits and four walks. Right. That's a 12 base runners in five and two thirds innings yeah. at Triple A. Yeah, that's obviously not good enough. And he finished July. Not. It wasn't great. It was not a great month. I mean, it wasn't. He, he gave up um, 10 earned runs over 19 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he had 20 hits and eight walks, so a 1.42 whip yeah. and 4.58 ERA That's not over what the I'm month looking of for July. For somebody up. to yeah. say, I need you to come up and stabilize things. Yeah. Yeah. I, the one thing that somebody might, to your point, you know, could he just eat innings? Could he just be a guy like he was last year for yeah. all of his struggles? Yeah. He was a guy that did eat innings for you. Could that be more helpful than – letting Kramer get his brains beat in every yeah. fifth day. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know that I have the direct answer to that, but I think it's worthy of the conversation. Um and then with DL Hall, which the conversation with him kind of continues to be a you know, what is what is it's going a, it's a seesaw, you know, or a and, roller coaster. And it was so good for so long and then we talked last week about the the outing where he didn't get out of the first inning and then he pitched on Tuesday and allowed Five earned runs on six hits and five walks yeah. over four innings. So, no, neither of those guys are pitching like guys right now that you would necessarily say, you got to have him here. You, you got to do it. In the old days, and I'm going back to the Earl Weaver days with George Bamberger as the pitching coach, okay? Mm -hmm. There was nothing wrong with bringing up one of your top pitching people, you know, your guys that you wanted in the rotation, yep. but bring them up. To pitch in relief. Mm -hmm. Back in the old days, right. your bullpens. I know you've were talked a lot about vastly, this with DL Hall. Yeah, yeah, vastly different. I think it's high time that DL Hall. Let's. What are you going to do? You're not. You're not going to. He's getting. He's getting his head beat in the mm -hmm. last two times down at AAA. I'm not saying that's the optimum time to bring him up, but challenge him right now. If he if he gets clobbered. Uh, in relief, then you know you got to go back to the drawing board. But uh, I think it's high time. He's not going to suddenly is if his next three outings are twelve or thirteen innings, fourteen innings, and gives up one run. You're not going to say, "Wow, he's, right. he's he's finished his uh, you know apprenticeship in the minor leagues." It, you're wait. You're constantly so, going to be waiting for the shoot. So to drop is is it. the best plan then to try to wait until Tyler Wells gets back? 
I, and, see, I, and, I, I and then a, make a move with Dean Kramer and perhaps use Hall to piggyback with Voth when I, Voth pitches. I'm a little bit suspicious as to whether we'll see Wells again. Just this because year. they were already shaping things they up were for already him to shaping, be. What are you going to, you know, you know next year that I think the way he pitched this year, if he's healthy next year, I think the governors are off. And I think you can get. 130, 140 innings out of him without being worried that he's going to re-injure the injury from three years ago. You know, I think he can do that. Do I think he's ready to to jump up to 170 innings next year? No. And I, but I don't think 20 more innings this year, 25 more innings this year, are going to put him in that position to make that kind of jump next year. He's to me, he's right now. He's a damn good five-inning pitcher, mm-hmm. and those guys are worth something they to are. you. They yeah. are. They are, 100%. Well, once yeah. upon a time, Eric Bedard was worth everything yeah. to you and was a damn good And he good was five a five-inning pitcher. He was 1,000% yeah. a five-inning pitcher. Some, some guy named Woody Woodward traded uh, Adam Jones, Chris Tillman, and uh, worked out George and Cheryl. Sure yeah, Cheryl. Is there any argument that you want to see Bruce Zimmerman again at some point this season? Or? Uh, he... You know, something I'd probably want to see him now. I, I always forget him. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably want to see him before I'd see Matt Harvey. So, for the, and let's, this, it's, it's a great point. We just had Bruce yeah. on the show the other day. It's a great point to say, hey, the, you know, these aren't the only two options. Yeah. Um, Bruce Zimmerman, who, it, again, we talk about up and down. There was a stretch in there where he was really struggling once again. At AAA, but his last two times out, and for some reason one of them was only two innings, yeah. his last two times out, seven innings over to his last two starts, no runs, um, six hits, two walks. Was, so, that, was that around the time they brought him up briefly, the two-inning um, thing? Might, he, pitched, mm. he pitched seven innings uh, on July 3rd, then they brought him up, uh, and he just did an inning of relief in right. one of those Angels and That games. might have thrown him, you know. Because his, well, you know what, I no, bet it really yeah. is, is his, his first start back after he came up, right. he got shelled, and okay. I wonder if they kind of decided after that that we're going to ease this. Yeah. Um, but... But for the most I, part, I, what you would say is three of his last four starts have been really good. He hasn't yeah. allowed a run in three of his last four starts. Of course, again, two of them were very short. Yeah. Oh, no, I, sorry. I'm a, sorry. I'm, he allowed three runs in that one. I'm sorry. kind of firm believer that Bruce's best position would be in kind of the role that Keegan Aiken has had this year, which is, you know, long, yep. long relief out of the pen, you know. But you got to – Somebody's got to pitch every Somebody's fifth day. Somebody's got to pitch. There's no question he could start. And the guy, the other guy, I keep forgetting is Voth. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, when you talk about a roller coaster, what a roller coaster ride Kyle Bradish's game mm-hmm. was Wednesday oh, afternoon. I tweeted on pace out, to throw six billion pitches. I tweeted out, "Not ready." Remember the expression, "Not ready for prime yep. time." That, and then all of a sudden, he pitched three terrific innings 100%. in the third, fourth, and fifth inning. I mean, he had like 52 innings in the uh, pitches. 52 in the first two innings. Yes, right, correct. It felt like it did. It 1,000% felt like it lasted for for 52 innings. So, yeah, I mean, Bradish and Voth are going to stay in the rotation. The the question becomes if Kramer gets shelled again tonight, do you say to your. I go back to the generic question. Is it a bigger priority to say we got to ride this out with Kramer to figure out what he is, or is the bigger priority. Give somebody else, and we can throw Zimmerman's name in there. Yeah. Give somebody else a shot because the wins and losses are what matter the most at this point. Yeah. I would think 
I, I would think by what they did at the trade deadline, they're they're trying to thread the needle mm-hmm. where they don't give up on this season. But the larger issue is finding out more about certain players. So you and, think they ride it out with Kramer a little bit longer? Um, I think either either that or Zimmerman or uh, Hall come up. Okay. See, I would be bringing Hall up and just making him a re- relief pitcher right now. You can re-stretch him out next spring. The fact that he's stretched out now doesn't do him much good when he doesn't get past four innings Correct. anyway. Correct. You know. And if you're, again, like you acknowledge every time both pitches, and maybe we acknowledge every time Bradish pitches, you're going to need more out of your bullpen. Right. So to say, hey, look, we want to have somebody else that we think can give us a couple innings out of the bullpen, I I think it would be a tough sell to this fan base. I, I think that's the really, again, goes back to maybe one of the bigger issues. I think it would be very difficult for this fan base for you to say we're bringing up D.L. Hall and putting him in the bullpen, yeah. right? Because everybody's hot and bothered about what this guy is supposed to represent within the... But there has been discussion the last year that his best position in the major leagues might be no, I... like an Andrew Miller, right. a Josh Hader. You know, when Josh Hader was coming up mm-hmm. in the Oriole organization, mm-hmm. nobody said, hey, he could be a great relief pitcher. you got to sometimes be think out of the box a little uh, bit at what somebody's I, abilities are. Stan, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think the flip side is there's a cost to that, which is the Orioles just don't have a lot of pitching. And right now, it's going to be a really tough sell for you to say the number two guy in mm-hmm. the entire system is going to be a reliever. And Not if you sell them on the fact that we feel that this guy is like a rook in a chess game, that late in the game he can just come in I, and do I, so I, many I hear you, but you better be acquiring more – like you better be serious about acquiring more pitching at that point because there are not more reinforcements I on the way. I think they are. I think a smart – Your, your I, number three pitching prospect is just do, had Tommy John surgery we, this week. Do we agree <laughs> Do we agree that Michael Elias is a pretty smart baseball guy? I absolutely think yeah. he's very smart, okay. 100%. I think they – deep down – they know what I'm talking about is probably what D.L. Hall is best suited it, for in I, the major I'm league. not even really arguing with that point, Stan. I, I think I understand exactly what you're saying. I think there's a bigger problem with the lack of pitching on the whole there's no that the Orioles have. There's no question about And it. if you're committing to D.L. Hall in that way, it requires you to be aggressive in going out and getting more pitching. But not, they can't do that right this second. We're talking no, about how they – how they noodle through right. the next two months and thread that right. needle. I maintain that Brandon Hyde's hand would be a lot stronger now with D.L. Hall being able to come in in the fourth or fifth inning of a game and shut the opposition down for two and two-thirds Right, this is, this is the you know piggybacking with Austin Voth, piggybacking yep. with Kyle Bradish, yep. say, hey, we realize these yep. guys. Or if you want but to put Tyler he, Wells back in the rotation and right. say, yeah, we're Tyler's acknowledging. going to pitch four innings correct. and then you're going to pitch e- three. Exactly right. But you also, he's damn good enough, D.L. Hall, that he can do that one night and then the next night or two nights later come in in the eighth inning and face Raphael Devers, you know, mm-hmm. and, and pitch to – to two left-handed batters or three left-handed batters, you know. Um, we will see. Obviously, Kramer pitches tonight, and and hopefully, hopefully, this is not a conversation we have to have. Hopefully, he pitches quite well against a Pirates team that's suddenly far more compelling in the last few weeks with O'Neill Cruz. Well, and- I got to tell you about the Pittsburgh Pirates. One week ago, mm-hmm. they were zero and six. Now this week, they beat the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Brewers three straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I believe they won on a walk-off wild pitch yesterday. Yep. 
they they look to be four to six weeks ago the furthest team along mm-hmm. the the rebuild line with Detroit, you know being better than Detroit being better than Kansas City but uh, that zero and six week was a pretty that was a rough week there's no doubt I, I I just think they're more compelling now I think O'Neill Cruz is incredibly compelling yeah. right like as a player is concerned. I don't know how close they are to being good, although yep. they're in the right division because no, the the centrals in baseball are the right divisions to be in right yep. now yep. Um, because nobody's all that good. Um, not that they're going to break through and do something this year. I'm not suggesting that in any way. Um, but it'll be to me. It's it's it, it's a sneaky, compelling series. It's a sneaking, compelling talent, young talent on both teams. Interesting little series uh, this weekend in Baltimore. Ben Charrington versus Michael. Very much so. Very much so. Got it's a good tidbit about the Pirates. Uh, so it's make sure you stay tuned. Okay, I'll save it. I'll All save right, it for the end. Good. But I got very a good. good tidbit about the Pirates. Sam, you've had a busy week. You've been doing a lot of shows. I've been doing a lot of shows. Last night, got together with two of my favorite people. I call them the the smartest in the room type of guys. I know I'm not. Uh, talk to Marty Conway and Andy Dolich about sports business, and we talked about the new patch advertising mm-hmm. that's going to start to really crop up with the Red Sox completing a 10-year, $170 million deal to have a patch on that's similar to your 1057, the fan. Probably, oh, yeah. even, probably even smaller right. in total space on the shirt. But uh, uh, Andy really had an interesting way to refer to it. That's what the deal's announced as. But he says it's like an iceberg deal, you know, not a glacier deal. Seven-eighths of it are beneath the surface. Okay. So there's then, a lot more types of – Right. The money is really being spent. They'll, they'll be they'll on get all things. the radio right. broadcasts, Correct. Correct. TV, some signage yep. and all that. But the big thing they're getting – and baseball now wants to advertise that, that that's for sale and it's going to cost you a premium. The Mets supposedly have a deal in place – uh, they haven't announced it yet in the twenty-five million dollar a year range. You know, so we'll that see. was all covered last night with uh, Andy Dolich and yep. Marty Conway, and of course earlier in the week, uh, you and uh, Ross had the great Tim Kirkchen yep. on, yep. and um, we were supposed to have Steve Brunner on. He had a late schedule change. I mean, really late. Yeah. He just couldn't make it. We're going to reschedule him. He's with KMO Sports, the folks putting on the Maryland, the Maryland Cycling, Cycling Classic, Classic yeah. which is uh, really a big deal. It's a very, everything it's a I'm reading very now. big deal. Are you biking in that race? I am not going to quite make it in the race. Although I, there was word that there was like an event that anybody could participate in. And I, I have wanted to get back into ride. I love riding bikes. Yeah. Like it's one, And my kids are getting to the point where they want to do it. Um, it's just, I, I, I bitched about this for like 20 minutes on the radio the other day. It's so difficult. People make it so difficult to get into riding, but like, I got to go get a, a, a rack for my car. No I got it. Like, it's insane. It. Right, right. The number of like whole, the hoops that you have to jump through. If you just want to casually ride bikes, it's much easier to walk a hundred percent. It's very frustrating, but uh, I'm excited for, unless you got a bad foot. Right. And like then, I've had right. In that long. case. All right, so you can find Stan's shows, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab or go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Uh, Stan, when we come back in, one of your other roles uh, besides here at PressBox, you are involved with the Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame. I'm a board, a member of the board. And I want to talk about the class that you guys announced for yep. induction to the Hall of Fame this year. We will do that next. All right. Glenn Clark Radio. 
Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Hey, O's fans, get to Oriole Park early on Friday, August 5th at 7.05 when the first 20,000 fans 15 and over will receive a Cedric Mullins 30-30 Club bobblehead presented by Masson. Celebrate Cedric Mullins' historic 2021 season when he became the first player in Orioles history to join the 30-30 Club with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Tickets start as low as $15. What better way to cheer on the Silver Slugger than at the ballpark that forever changed baseball? Buy tickets at orioles.com slash tickets. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. So... I keep trying to warn you. Football seasons, they, they played something. Oh, damn it. We missed on the uh, the under yesterday. We did, yeah, but my Raiders. But won. your Raiders yeah. pick did come through. So if you uh, if you follow uh, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland on social media, Griffin and I do some videos for them, and we did some videos, and I was confident. What the hell? What the Raiders were, like, trying. What the hell is going I know. on? They, there was a they, there was a, the, the, the first drive of the game. They gave Josh Jacobs the ball three times Josh in Jacobs a row. played. Let I me know, start I with know. that. Exactly, Why was Josh exactly. Jacobs on the field? It had rained on top they, of it. Exactly. That's why it was such crit. Like, I was texting my friends. I was like, I can't believe they're playing this. Like, it's it's a fi- they play on this field one time a year. Right. It's delayed because of rain, and they're going to play through the rain now. It's just they, they were and they put, to, they they were put like a three football four, player on the field. There were three or four injury timeouts in the first quarter. It's just what a nightmare. It is not. I mean, I agree. It's not a good idea. I, I'm not gonna not be excited about it because it is football. <laughs> Griffin, but Griffin. it's not a good idea. 
The <laughs> Stan Griffin has a problem. What with the Hall of Fame? No, game? like he really gets into preseason football. Like he's very excited about it. We we had a we had an extra pair of tickets for the Ravens game next week, and he is like, yeah. "Hell yeah, man, I'm in!" Like, oh, I want to go see those. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see my tweet last night? That uh, me, me and my friend we we picked a. Uh, we picked between 20 uh, fringe Ravens that might or might not, may or may not make the team, and we both picked 10 guys that we're going to root for really hard. You have that, uh, a problem, man. You have a problem. Uh, are there stakes? Do we get have a sponsor that is therapy? Right. Yeah. We should look we into should, that. That's a great point, Stan. Yeah, we should look into that. Get Griffin some help. So we uh, we did, because it was what was going on, we offered some betting advice for the Hall of Fame game. And, of course, the under had hit in like right. every Seven, Hall of Fame yeah. game. And what was the score last night? It was twenty-seven like, to eleven. I want to say. Was <laughs> and the who score? was the, who were the teams? I know the Raiders. Uh, Jacksonville won. and the Raiders. Jacksonville. Yeah. Who won? The Raiders, the Raiders won. And so that was Griffin's. Uh, Griffin's uh, drop-in was that the Raiders were three and zero all time in Hall of Fame games. So you should bet the Raiders to cover. The Jags were zero one. So now they're zero so, two. So that did hit. If you if you played that, it hit. But if you played the under, oh, womp womp. That's sad. Anyway, I should get in my lose ball pool that I'm running. This you have year. my just go ahead. I, I, take my money now. Just take it. That's the way it's going to go. The point is, if you want to bet football this season, you're just not going to be able to do it on your phone, at least not to start. Maybe at some point, but it ain't going to be here that quickly. So instead, make your plans to watch Ravens games, Thursday night games, Sunday night games, Monday night games in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Because not only do they have the 61 self-service kiosks for you to get all your bets in, but we keep trying to tell you, they're going to have individual bet pads for you to take with you to your table, to your reclining chair, to wherever it is that you're going to be watching the games. So you literally do not even have to stand up in order to make your bets during football season at Live Casino and Hotels FanDuel Sportsbook. You couldn't ask for anything more than this. They're saying no mobile betting, no problem. We'll create mobile betting ourselves. When you're here in the FanDuel Sportsbook, can so, you go to the FanDuel website? Because mm-hmm. we had to write, we had an assignment. This yes, we month did to uh, write some prop bets and things of that nature. And uh, yes, I did can, pick the Commanders to win the Super Bowl. Can you, you can you can you bet those same props out at uh, live? Yes. yes. Okay. One hundred percent. So I every could go na- bet every now and then. Yeah. There is a specific like parlay or boost or something like that. They no, offer. No, but I on- mean the 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 ones like coach of the year. Yes. Can I make that bet? I'll give I'll give one of mine away. All okay. right. One of my. I'm not gonna I'm tell gonna you. I'm gonna give one of mine. Away. One of mine, and you'll read about it in the new print issue of Press Box yep. that'll be available in a little bit less than two weeks. Uh, the fifteenth or sixteenth. Yeah. So ten of, days. Of ten days. Yeah. yeah. Um, you will read that I like Sky more. Of the Kansas City Chiefs to be Rookie of the Year at twelve to one, okay. twelve to one odds, he could immediately become Patrick Mahomes' top receiving threat. Um, I love Sky Moore at twelve to one as Rookie of the Year. You can one hundred percent go right now to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, walk right up to one of those sixty-one self-service kiosks, and get your Sky Moore twelve to one Rookie of the Year ticket right now. I am going to give away one of mine. I'm a uh, I'm a big believer that the Carolina Panthers have I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl or anything like that. I'm of the opinion that they got 
one of the most motivated players that I can ever remember in, in, in Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Okay. And I'm picking him to win the comeback player. Oh, of the year. bold. Oh, bold. What are the odds on that? That's what I'm looking up. Oh, okay. What I sent All Luke, right. I can't All remember. Right. Um, I got it. You bet 100. Bet a hundred, so you you know, you can judge. I'm not going wanna, to make a hundred dollars. No, if you want to bet ten dollars, you'd yes. win a hundred dollars. So it's ten to one. Is what you're saying? It's ten to one. Ten to one odds on Baker. I think Mayfield. he's a tremendous. Uh, I, I, under, I understand the thought entirely. I completely yeah. understand the thought, and he has. It's, it's one of the things I've talked about. He's got some real players around him, um, like that, and and he's got an organization that at least I know that they have have had trouble with this position. For the last three or four years, the uh, Panthers, you know, since they first let go of, uh, what's his name, uh, the kid from Auburn. Oh, Cam Newton. Cam yes. Newton. Yeah. Ever since Newton left, they've struggled at the quarterback position for the most part. No question. I think Baker Mayfield takes that out of the equation. I think they're going to have good, solid quarterback play, and I just think he's really motivated to literally stick it up the Browns, you know what. I get it. Yeah. We will uh, offer those picks. And we have to play them this year. That's true. Carolina that is Panthers. true. Um, Stan, uh, one of them is going to join us here in about four minutes, but there's a new class of Maryland State. Make me sure I have the – it's the Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame, correct? Yep, the Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame. You are a member of their board. Yep. Uh, you're involved yes, in the I process. Am. Yes, I am. And you guys announced uh, a new class this week. Yep, we sure did on, on, on August the 2nd. At 10 o'clock, when it was up against my yearly physical that I'd had booked for ah, two, two months. Di- the disrespect. Did, the, the, the total diss. Yeah. Um, they, they announced that uh, former Maryland great and almost like the Jackie Robinson yeah, pi- of the University pioneer, of yeah, Maryland. First African-American to play for the University of Maryland. Daryl Hill, who's also a board member. So that was a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to say anything bad about him. But, but of course, there's not deserving. a lot to yes. say bad about Daryl right. Hill. Uh, Fred McNair, great tennis player yep. and especially uh, doubles player. Mm-hmm. Uh, won he, a Grand he, Slam, did he not? Didn't uh, he as a double I think player? He won I, a couple, he won a French. I think he won a couple. Okay, I'll double check. I'll double check. Um, Dave Cottle mm-hmm. is going in as actually a player, not well, a coach. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, he... He didn't play lacrosse, I think, until he was like a senior or something like well, that. We're going to find out in, in three high minutes. school. <coughs> Dave's going to join us in about three minutes. So we'll, Dave we'll, is going to yes, be the we'll guy. Get, we'll okay. get that answer. Uh, and he played at Salisbury. And we can find out if he went uh, knows Steve Bishotti. Did they go to school together? You know, I don't actually know the answer to that. I, I was, think Bishotti actually helped him get the Maryland job. I think Bishotti was a big donor. And they were we'll, looking around we'll the place, about, uh, we'll Dick Adell, we'll uh, I'm pretty sure. Marty West, a golfer, mm-hmm. is going in. And posthumously, uh, Leon Day is going in. And, of course, Carl Runk is the winner of the Stedman Award winner. Towson icon. Yep, Towson icon. Great football coach and lacrosse yes. coach. Uh, and Gary Williams is winning the first ever Coach's Legacy Award. So it's a good class. And I don't have the date in front of me of the uh, event. I will pull uh, It's that in out. October. I think it's the 22nd of October. I uh, think. That, <clears throat> I'll t- hang on. I'll tell you in two seconds, okay. Stan. Two shades it of is, the dog's tail. It, well, I said that. Now, I, 13th, 13th. October 13th October is the 13th. date at Martin's West. I hope people didn't pencil in the 22nd. Um, just for people that don't know, the process, the who you guys discuss, who's eligible. Yeah. 
Is it is it supposed to be uh, you you know you played here professionally or in college or in high school? Well, it used what? to be that you had to to have really a tie to the state. In other words, you were either born here or you moved here for a long period of time. But that changed about five to seven years ago when we got Brady Anderson came in it, whose career was in Baltimore. It allowed for I think Johnny Aninas to go in, okay. into the thing. You know. Was there was the thought that somebody that chose to live here after they moved here professionally, something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. that goes into the the. the but now, process. if your career was here, your your sports career was here, like Brady Anderson, mm-hmm. that uh, qualifies. That qualifies you. you. Well, that opens up. That opens up boy, a lot of. Well, you yeah. guys are going to have your work cut out for you in the coming it's a, years. It's a fascinating. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into how it, how the. Uh, the sausage is made, right? But it's a it's a very interesting. We start out with about forty or fifty names each year. Everybody brings in all the board members bring in six or seven people that we think are worthy. Was of. was one of this group somebody that you were particularly fighting for or campaigning for? To be honest with you, uh, no. Okay, they we're not. But I did feel strongly that Dave Cottle should go in as a player. That's it's interesting. Yeah. Why, why the I, I think Dave was a real good coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think the totality of his career as a as a college coach warranted State Hall of Fame to me. That's interesting. You know, but that's he was some player at Salisbury. Well, he's he a hell like of a player Led the nation sure. in scoring. There's no doubt. That's yeah. it's, it's an interesting line of demarcation. That's yeah. just an interesting yeah. thought process that yeah. you had. Um, also, you, you get into trouble. You don't want to have three w- winners – of the John Stedman Award, so really you you carve out one whose total body of work okay. gets him in, and that was Carl Runk this year. Okay, you know. So the class will be inducted on October thirteenth. The website is mdsahof.com if you want to find out more about the Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame. And joining us right now is one of the members of this year's class of the Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame. He was a former broadcast partner of mine. In fact, Stan, I can now say I've worked games with both him and his son because I was uh, helping out my friends at Archbishop Spalding this year, and I worked with Sean on a game, so that was kind of neat. But Dave Cottle, of course, is with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Stan the fan. Always great to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you for taking the time. Nope. Nope. Let's see if we can't get that straightened out. Hello. My apologies. All we right. will see if we can't get that fixed. As unfortunately, we can't. Uh, we can't. It's not going to work if we can't hear him. And I did all that too. I put in all that effort for the, uh, the buildup was right? tremendous. And then, and then gone. Just. I think gone. he was speechless. To be honest, might might you. be what it was. Might uh, be what it was. We'll try one more time, Coach. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right, all right there he is. Great, Coach. How are you, my friends? I'm glad to be here, and I hope both of you guys are doing well. Uh, doing, doing great, doing great, Coach. Um, Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame. You were—I I, don't—I don't know if it's even something you had thought about uh, before. Now, when you get that phone call, what does it mean to you? Well, first of all, I thought it was a mistake because <laughs> they said it was—it was. It was who was athletes. And when I told my son that, you know, Len bias and I are going into the same athletic class, he goes, no, <laughs> <laughs> right? oh, you're very similar in your greatness. 
Well, as I like to say, I was a great white leaper, and, and Lenny was a great leaper. And uh, but no, no, I have it, Lenny bias just towards everybody around him, and uh, it was quite honestly, I I had uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised, and uh, and uh, you know I enjoyed my high school years at, at Northern, and uh, but it was something you never think about. Dave, you were a late bloomer as a lacrosse player, weren't you? Yes, sir. I didn't start playing until eleventh grade. Right, and and had you had you watched the game and been a fan of the game? What what all of a sudden in eleventh grade made you say, "Hey, I'm going to go out for the lacrosse team"? Well, we had guys in our neighborhood, uh, Mike Perella, Buzzy Driscoll, guys that played. You know, they take us out there and when we had on the field and play and and uh, have nothing to do. But I, it, it was a it was a it was a business decision for me. I wanted to be the starting quarterback of the football team. Lon Russ was the coach of the football team and the lacrosse team. He says, "You want to be the starter? You come play lacrosse." I played baseball in tenth grade. I was a lacrosse player in eleventh. Interesting, interesting. Did did the fact that we voted you in as a player, not as a coach, does that bother you, or does it make you sort of more proud of what you accomplished? which was kind of phenomenal at Salisbury. Well, it, it, it does. Not, anytime you win an award, it never should, it never bothers you. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just, honestly, I was just, uh, you know, the, to be in the category, when you look at some of the people that, that won the award and, you know, as, as a guy, I just looked at it. Ooh, that's a tough neighborhood yeah. to live in, but uh, if, uh, I'm very proud to be in it, and uh, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. He is Dave Cottle, and again, he will be part of this year's class of the Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame induction coming up on October 13th. A three-time All-American during his career at Salisbury. Um, Coach, you know, is, is again, what you, what you took as a player coming in late – could you have envisioned lacrosse being your life at that point, right? Like when if I had gone back and talked to Dave Cottle in in the nineteen seventies and I had said, Hey, by the way, this is going to be everything for the rest of your life that you're going to do is going to surround this sport, would you have believed that at the time? Heck no. I I, I could see myself a baseball football coach. I, I knew right away. I had such a mentor, Lon Russ, and all the guys. All right, let, let's. I apologize, he, Coach. We're, we're having some issues with your phone again. I don't know what's going on with technology. Let's see if we can't get that straight in a way that's just because I don't want to miss anything yeah. that Coach is saying. And I apologize for that. Yeah, three-time All-American. Um, just the second. Led the nation in scoring over a hundred points. A hundred percent over a hundred yeah. points. Um, it was. It led. You say he led the nation in scoring as a freshman when he arrived at Salisbury. And, of course, we know how good Salisbury's teams have been basically forever. Um, and, and from there, Dave went on to become a very high-level coach. And, of course, Loyola in Maryland, most famously uh, at the college level. But And then coached the, the pros, the yep. Chesapeake Bayhawks, for a number of years until that league. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. still involved as a consultant and runs a, uh, an events group and just still very, very, involved in very active in the sport of lacrosse to this day. And as I mentioned, did broadcasts for us at Loyola for years as well. Um, and just sort of a beloved figure within the sport that has impacted so many people. Led Loyola to a national championship game, led uh, Maryland, unfortunately, never to a title, but multiple and, national championship games. 
Dave Cottle is back with us, I believe. Coach, I was I was I was saying, uh, let's try this one more time. Could, if I told you back then that this was the sport that you were going to be with for the rest of your life, what would you have said to me? Uh, no way. Basketball and football. I was going to be a basketball football coach and a uh, phys ed instructor. That was my goal. And when did you know? When when did it hit you? When did you say? At the 100th point, the first time you scored 100 <laughs> points. Uh, you know, there, we had a great leader at Salisbury named Mike McGlinchey, who taught a lot of different sports. He tried to get me to come out and play football. and But he was just, you know, a great leader. And I, and I met some great people at Salisbury. And so it's kind of once I got to Salisbury, you know, going from Northern High to Salisbury at that time, that you know, I don't think I'd ever been to Ocean City when I was an 18 year old. You know, I just, uh, we just never went there. So going to Salisbury is like going to California for me. And so once I got down there, I was kind of stuck. I didn't have a car. I couldn't come back home. And, uh, <laughs> and so I kind of had to submerge myself into something and I submerged myself into the cross. Were, Coach, were you, were you, uh, did you rub elbows with Steve Bashotti at Salisbury? Well, well, Stephen was a little younger. He came in at the end, uh, and then Michael, his brother, was one of our friends who kind of uh, we, you know, we played basketball with and all kind of different sports with. But you get Michael, yes, Stephen, he was the younger brother uh, a little later then. But he he probably heard tell of your uh, exploits on a lacrosse field. Well, Stephen, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not acting like we didn't see Stephen and know Stephen and and he's friends of our friends, but yeah, he was he he was the younger brother of of our friends. Gotcha. I, I'm liking to imagine an idea where you guys were picking on Steve Bishaki <laughs> all the time, and one day he was like, "How do you like me now?" <laughs> oh, Thank like, God that didn't happen. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot, Coach. Um, uh, let's catch everybody up. What are you up to? Uh, Stan and I were just talking about. Um, you know, you continue to this day to be involved, obviously, in the sport of lacrosse and on the events side, doing things like that. What's going on in uh, Dave Cottle's world? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Monday, I just got surgery, and uh, uh, if I if, and, and I'm I'm using this to plead for any dumb answer that comes out of my mouth. I just had uh, L5 uh, S1 spinal fusion surgery on Monday, and uh, when and so that's going to knock me off for a little bit, uh, for a couple of weeks, but I'm working for LSG and five star. We've, we've got a new app, a highlight app, and we're running events and MIA lacrosse is one of our bigger events. And uh, we're going to do hopefully MIA football and basketball. And we're going to be doing a bunch of different, uh, high school sporting events. I'm going to give you one tip. I'm a, I'm a cervical fusion survivor. Uh, find a physical therapist you like and trust and work with one of them. Okay. All right. That's my one tip on that because it can be. I understand the the lumbar can be very tough, you know, to come back from. I'm hoping. I never yeah. Have. I just I just got the staples out and I'm walking. So uh, that's great. The first week has worked out okay. Great. Great to hear that. So I got to tell you, I uh, I got to work with Sean last last spring. And you warned me to watch my wallet, and he was quite offended by that. He said, what the heck? What the heck's this guy's problem, huh? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. My wallet was okay when I was hanging around with Sean. He was doing a hell of a... It was okay. Yeah. He's doing a hell of a... By the way, not a bad... uh, You know, with Phipps over there and him over there, not a bad thing they've got going on over at Spalding, right? (laughs) 
Boy, it's really been fun to watch. They've really grown that program and really done a good job. Tom Ripley and Brian Spencer Ford, all those guys are working hard. And in our county, we're very fortunate. Victor Lilly and his group works extremely hard. And then Severance group works extremely hard. So it's really they've kind of been in an arms race, and they're kind of making everybody better in the Arundel County. That's, I mean, it was incredible to see. The atmosphere for those games was amazing for sure. Coach, I, I went out to see uh, the uh, PLL uh about three, four weeks ago here in Baltimore. Uh, your thoughts on what professional lacrosse is morphing into right now? Do you think that's the right way to go? Yeah, I, You know, the bottom line is I think eventually they'll get to franchises because I don't you – know, but they've just got to get more people buying tickets. And, yeah. they're, I, and I will say this. They're doing everything they can right promotion, social media, everything like that. They, this is the first group that's done everything right. Yeah. And if they can do everything right and sell tickets, then professional lacrosse is, is here to stay rather than here to when the rich guys get tired of funding it. Now, if every city they went to supported it the way it was the night we went out, you know, uh, it, it's really quite an endeavor. But I understand some of the other cities, it's not – being responded to as well i personally agree with you i think you need the franchises i don't think enough people it matters whether it's a snake or a you know the cannons the archers archers. i think you do need that geographical identity yeah i it it, it just there have i don't know how many successful leagues have done it without having a franchise yeah 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 that's a difficult thing no doubt the the quality of play is great Yep. The oh. players are great. Yep. Hey, Coach. And, uh, you know, they're doing a good job. Coach, it's not often you get somebody on to congratulate them on being in the Hall of Fame, and then they're asked a question about the guy who succeeded them uh, at a job as prestigious as the University of Maryland. Um, Please do. Uh, I wanted to know what your thoughts w- w- were about John Tillman getting the job and what he's done to this point. It's pretty remarkable. First of all, John is an incredible guy. You know, uh, when John took that job, there was two ways, you know, they say in life, the guy who follows you, the two biggest assholes in life are the guy whose <laughs> job you took and the guy whose <laughs> job you took. I'm going to tell you this. John Tillman, for the day he took the job, he called me, he asked me some of the things before he hired, what are the things you need to get it done? And I told him, and John went in there, and he was in a good negotiating position and, and got a lot of the things that could really upgrade the program. But on top of that, John's ability to, you know, I don't think I've seen since they've been there, I don't think I've seen Maryland play nervous once. Wow. And the only time I saw him play nervous was this last championship game because they had dominated the regular season. Yeah. They just wanted to get it over. Yeah. But this team has played at such a high level with such great coaches. And John is John's a, he's a great guy. He helped, he helped my son get into college. I mean, I, I have nothing but great things to say about him. And quite honestly, the, the success of Maryland, I think anybody who was ever at Maryland uh, is proud of, and I know that every time they win, it, it means a lot to me. That's, That's really great. cool. That's great. That's really cool. And I, yeah, I echo those sentiments about John, who is truly a remarkable uh, human being. There's no question about that. Uh, a shame they don't have a good coach at Loyola, though. Uh, 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 Dan, just real <laughs> shame they, they've had to slum it over there. That's the that's the real tough part. <laughs> 
that guy. You know, what's funny is uh, I talked to Charlie yesterday, as a matter of fact, and, uh, you know, I just, you know, you go through in that Patriot League where all of a sudden you have a great class and then maybe you don't have one. And, you know, and they, I just, when I look at them, when they won the title the one year, I can remember doing one of the games. And I walked out on the field, they were playing Duke. And he goes, What do you think? I said, It looks like two ACC teams out here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big and strong and athletic. You know, Josh Hawkins and JP Dalton. Uh, I don't see that right now. I, because those guys, they got in before the Patriot League, they can't get in now. So they've got to find a way to, to win, and they always do. Charlie always figures it out. Yep. But they got to find a way to get back and, uh, and, and find some really, really good players. Because right now, Pat Spencer carried them, carried them for a while. The two young guys carried them for a while. They just need to keep getting better players. No, no doubt about it. And, of course, I am kidding. Charlie is one of the most remarkable, not only, again, another great person, another hell of a coach. Uh, Dave Cottle. He's the perfect fit for Loyola. Oh, yeah. he's, he's wonderful. I mean, I, I can't say enough. In fact, I, I just made his brother my dentist because I love the guy so much. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Uh, well, at least you didn't make Charlie your dentist. Yeah, that would have been a bad choice. That would have been, been a really bad, <laughs> bad choice. Uh, uh, coach, so happy for you. Um, yeah, congratulations, coach major Connell. congratulations. Uh, miss you. I missed working the games with you. Always appreciate how good you've been to me over the years. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Uh, thank you guys, and have a great day. All right, Dave Cottle, uh, part of the uh, class. Yeah, you know what? It's fun. we were listing the names. We didn't even mention Len Bias when we were listening I, listing the names. I forgot Who's, uh, the headliner, obviously, the class. Yeah, Let, let's talk about that for a second before Mike Devereaux yep. joins us. Um, this was something that, similarly, the University of Maryland Athletics Hall of Fame did not immediately induct Len Bias. It took a few years. Yeah, well, a lot of it is family concerns that, you know, when they're sort of ready for it, you know. And, uh, of course, in the case with the University of Maryland, there were still some hard feelings mm-hmm. for a long while. But uh, re- really happy that we were able to cast our vote for Len Bias. So so was this was a time where the Bias family said, yep. hey, we would like yep. To, yep. to come be a part of it. And yep. Of course, Dr. Lonise is one of the most remarkable human beings. I mean, she's an amazing, amazing woman. woman being, an amazing yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, they were on board and they wanted to yeah. do this now and yep. and they're going to be a part of this on. Yep. Love that. Yep. Love everything yep. about that. Again, the uh, I, I, I don't always have the stuff in front of me where you buy tickets, but it's October the 13th, and I believe it's at Martin's West. It I'm is at Martin's sure. West, yeah. yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and it's the Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame. And I'm sure you'll probably have another guest or two on. Oh, cool. you uh, know, I, the, I think it's wonderful. I, yeah. I appreciate the mission of what yeah. everybody's doing over there. MDSAHOF.com. MDSAHOF.com. If you want to be out there for the induction ceremony, recognizing Len Bias and Dave Cottle and Leon, Leon Day. Day, Marty West, Fred McNair, Daryl Hill, Carl Runk, and Gary Williams. Absolutely, that is uh, that is quite Big the, evening. But by, by the way, for, for if you're a Maryland fan, there there couldn't be Gary Williams and Len Bias. Seems a pretty significant combination yeah. for Maryland basketball fans. Then add in Daryl Hill and. Dave Cottle and everybody. It is a, it's a remarkable group. Again, mdsahof.com is the website for you to be out there in October, October 13th at Martin's West for the induction ceremony. Into hour number two of today's program. Stan the Fan Charles is with us in studio here on Glenn Clark Radio. 
This weekend, the Orioles are celebrating the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards, and they've invited back um, some of the folks that helped leave some lasting memories at Camden Yards, celebrating moments. And this man made a few catches over the years that rank very much up there among the great moments in Camden Yards history. As you all know, he was my singular favorite baseball player as a kid to the point where I made my mother one year go out and purchase a blank jersey and sew his name on the back of it so I could be Mike Devereaux for Halloween. Mike Devereaux is with us once again here on GCR. Devo, it's Glenn Clark, Stan hey, Fan Charles. What's going on, yeah, man? How you doing? <laughs> man, good, man. You're too kind. You're too kind. You know. You know <laughs> what it means to me. What? Devo is in the house. Stan, one night. Yeah, that's right. One night, Andrew Steck uh, messages. He just sends me a text. He's like, dude, I need you to hop on this, this Zoom call right now during the pandemic. I'm like, what the hell? What's... And, of course, as soon as I pull it up, I realize the reason is because Mike Devereaux is on this. I'm like, well, this is how I'm spending my evening now, <laughs> hanging out with Mike Devereaux. Um, hey, man, think uh, think back with me. 30 years, Oriole Park at Camden wow. Yards. Um, what, what, what were your initial, like, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Oriole Park at Camden Yards? Well, I remember when we were leaving, going to spring training, we were, and we left from here that year. And uh, the, the lockers weren't in the clubhouse, you know, just there and there. And I was like, how in the world are they going to get this finished in six weeks? And I just honestly didn't think they were going to finish. And after six weeks, we got in like 2.30 in the morning, whatever it was. And I remember walking down the runway and, and Brady Anderson and I uh, came out in the dugout. There's that uh, uh, left side uh, bank of lights where the only lights that were on. And I looked at Brady, or I called him Farley. I go, Farley, look at this. I brought a tear to my eye. I was just absolutely amazed at what I'd seen, not knowing the impact that it was going to have on, on all of baseball. It was just absolutely incredible. Did, did you, did, when did you realize, like when did, that, that, what you just said there, when did you realize this place really did change the entirety of the sport? I, I don't even know. All I know is that I was in Baltimore. The stands were there every single day. And that, that opening day when I saw fans up on, on the buildings and looking down, I, I was just living a life, you know. I love playing in front of people. Uh, the more the better. And they sold out every single day. And knowing that I was going to come to the ballpark and, and that was going to be the atmosphere, I enjoyed it. And then I started hearing about, you know, you know actually, um, Kaminsky was the year before. Right. Uh, the new Kaminsky. Right. And uh, how, how Baltimore were just was totally different than Comiskey, and they kept dogging Comiskey, and this hype in this, this park, and definitely well-deserved. We're talking with Mike Devereaux. It's the 30th anniversary. The club is celebrating at a luncheon today and some events at the ballpark tonight and tomorrow night. What's it mean to get together? I know they're, they're not bringing in everybody, but what does it mean to get together with some of the guys like Hoyles and Sutcliffe and, and the like? Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible because, you know, when I realized I was coming here, the first thing I did was check the list of guys that were coming, they were going to be here because we experienced something that nobody does. I mean, we're, we're a family here and, uh, you know, to, to play with these guys and be in the clubhouse and, and the, the things that we have gone through in the game of baseball and uh, the memories that we've had, you know, just brings back everything, no matter how long it's been since we've seen each other. You know, once we make that initial contact again, like days like today, it's always incredible. All right, let's talk about, I mean, the moment. Let's talk about the, the one that, that you're being most significantly recognized because they are listing the great moments in Camden Yards history. 
It's the catch against Joe Carter, obviously, from June of 92. And my parents probably hated you for it because I attempted to find random things around my house that I could replicate (laughs) your, like, high jump-esque leap in order to make this catch. Uh, You made a lot of great catches during your career, Mike, but this one in particular, the way you contorted your body to get up over that wall, um, did you know immediately, like, holy crap, I just did something people are never going to forget about? I, no, no, I did not. And it's great. I mean, I know, Sutcliffe was pitching, and uh, and I told my son, you know, when I found out that Sutcliffe was going to be here, I go, this is the guy who's pitching because he watches that play all the time. And, no, I, I had no idea. I knew that I had to get up. Um, I, I We practiced it all the time. Sammy Snyder, who's uh, the bullpen catcher at the time, he had always hit balls during uh, during infield. They were over the fence, and Brady and Bentley, we'd always practice catching those balls, and, and we always loved having the opportunity to, to catch those and that opportunity came and it and it, it turned out great and you know it's it, 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 it's cool it ends up on the program of 93 uh opening day and and uh you know i showed my son all the time and it's it's pretty cool to have something like that in in the memories of baseball i, I, wait, I saw you posting about your son on facebook the other day he's playing baseball has he attempted to replicate and and recreate dad's catch uh, yes, ha! he is, he is a absolute stud and he, and I made sure that I emphasized how important defense is in the game of baseball and he loves playing defense. He loves to dive, but I say only dive when you need to dive. Don't just dive to dive. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and he loves it. He loves making great plays. He's a great hitter also. How old, so, is, uh, how, yeah. how old is your son now? And what is his first name, Michael? His first name is Michael, also, okay. and uh, he's just turned eleven. Mm-hmm. So um, he was left-handed, and uh, and he also is a pitcher. You maybe put in a yeah. word with Michael Elias this weekend while you're back. Like, hey man, you know, got somebody you might want to take a look at here. God, so oh, yeah, you might might want to have on your radar yeah. in the coming years. Boy, that's really cool. Yeah, Devo, yeah, tell- tower both ways. <laughs> Devo, tell me about. Opening day that year, uh, Sutcliffe on the mound. Uh, what what was that like? The energy in that in that clubhouse, in the dugout, and on the field. Well, it, it couldn't have been a better day. First of all, weather wise, I mean the sun was shining. It was just great out, and you know the crowd was just uh, the excitement. What Good Morning America was here. All, all the news affiliates were here, and and now this is opening day for the best park in, in the game and and to come out on that field was was incredible and and for Sutcliffe to, to throw a complete game which you don't even see nowadays yep is, is 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 one of the best parts about it you know for him to come out and do what he did and us to show the fans okay thank you this is what we have for you and uh and to come out the the outcome of the game was was perfect Devo can you get past a weekend like this without thinking and looking up up to the man above uh, and think of Johnny Oates? Right, no doubt about it. I mean, Johnny was a significant part of my career, and uh, he, I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, he is an incredible man, incredible manager. So, um, you know, I miss him. I wish he was a part of a lot of the festivities that we've had going on at this park. Mike, I gotta, you know, there is irony as we're wrapping up. Mike Devereaux, he's back in town celebrating 30th anniversary of Camden Yards with the Orioles this weekend. Um, the irony of celebrating this particular catch 
is it literally yeah. happened like at the exact place <laughs> where things have kind of changed in Baltimore a little bit. And I'd have to do the math as to whether or not this catch would have even been possible uh, today at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I'm sure you've seen the the, the alterations to left field. Uh, it has definitely helped the Orioles pitching-wise. It took quite a few home runs away from Trey Mancini. And I had a few people that I talked to that said, you know what I really miss is this, is Mike Devereaux being able to go up and rob a home run, which now in left field specifically is not possible. It's it's part of the game that's now gone because of the height of the wall. What do you make of the the, the alterations they've made? And, and is it kind of a bummer that the thought that that play is now going to be gone forever in left field at Camden Yards? Um, anything for the pitchers, right? I'm just joking. But anyway, <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm actually I'm actually in the warehouse right now, looking at the at the at the fence. And you know what? It, it is sad. It's very very sad because I honestly believe, I honestly believe that the best defensive play in the game of baseball is stealing a home run. Yeah. So when you take that away from a stadium, from the fans, I think that that's that's a sad that's a sad thing. Where you just have to sit there and watch the ball go over. I mean, it, it takes the heart away from another team. It, it, it hypes your team. It hypes your pitcher. And now when you take that away, you know, there you go. Why, why take one of the best plays in the history of all of baseball away, defensive plays, that is, out of the game? I don't get it. That's I lo- where I am. Still, well, still love Camden Yards. <laughs> still love it. And the reason they did it is clearly they think they'll be able to attract some free agent pitchers here. That won't see their ERAs right below. I, under, I yeah, understand. Right. I understand. Yeah. yeah. All right, right. Mike Dever. I, really I know. I know you got to run. You get you right there in the middle yeah. of the. Thank you. Thank you for taking some time yeah. out. Appreciate you, you, my friend. Thank you, guys, and fans, Griffin. Thank you, guys. Mike Devereaux checking right. in with us here on GCR. You know, I Stan. I really did. I had a few. You know, I brought on a bunch of people. You know, to talk about the wall and all that. And that was the one. Even the people that said, "Hey, look, I get it. I do understand." I just feel like we're going to miss this play. I feel like you shouldn't be doing more things to take the most exciting play in baseball away. Yep. You want to move the wall back? Fine, move the wall back. Leave it at a normal height so that the option is still there for a play to be made. I get I, why that's I can I can see that. I get why that's impossible given the fact that you were taking seats out yep. and like Yep. The, the math just doesn't work here for that to be something that can exist. But I understood the argument for saying you are eliminating the the most exciting play that exists within the sport. Um, and everybody remembers, you know, these catches forever. Why would you do that? No question about it. But you are you are instilling one other exciting play back into the game, which is the triple. Sure, you know, sure. The, the, we've seen a couple of them this year. We have, we, and we have not yet seen anything disastrous. We haven't seen, you know, somebody run into the weird jut right. in the wall. I still hope that will that they, happen. Someday. I still hope they fix that somehow. That yeah. that continues to be a priority for them because I I'll continue to say I think that's. That should not exist. Yeah. No matter how many ballparks where you say, "Well, yeah, but it exists," in f- I don't care. Doesn't it shouldn't. Make it, right. it shouldn't yeah. exist there either. Yeah, that's it's that is comical. That is little league. That is that. It, it should be a ballpark. It shouldn't be a miniature golf course. I think we should all be capable of saying that. And I'm not trying to take too many shots because I did. I said I understood what they were doing. Yep. And so far, so good. This pitching staff has been far better than it had any right to be. And it might have at least a little bit to do um, with the fact that they made the changes that they made. 
course, Trey Mancini would say, not so much. Hurt me in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Hurt me in the process. As he, of course, hit a home run uh, in his first at bat in the Crawford And then boxes. didn't play yesterday. Uh, somebody so did they who else did they acquire that like the Astros fans were like why the hell are we trading for players if none of them are going to play right. who, I'm trying to think of who else they acquired they acquired Vasquez that's exactly right. who else yeah that's exactly who it was he probably had a pitching matchup that yeah. Maldonado you know or was it a day game yesterday was it a day yeah. game yeah it was uh, well, it was a day game on Wednesday for sure it wasn't a day game yesterday it was a night game it was right? a night last game night yesterday. and a day game on Wednesday yeah I, I I don't I don't know I don't know the answers. That's of course their problem and not our problem uh, to figure out when Trey Mancini is going to be in the lineup. Stan, the fan is here. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota Rav Four. I drove a Toyota. I drive a Toyota. I mean, I currently, drive one. I, is it a Rav Four? It's a Prius. Oh, okay, that's Prius a, Prime. A lovely vehicle. Yeah. I'm a fan of it. I actually the, genuinely am a fan. Those of electrical vehicles. One other bonus you can get if you can get the when it's offered, you get a tax rebate for buying a. Because I hear the gas prices are great when. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've gone down about eighty cents now. Back under four dollars. Uh, that's you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Make the most out of every day right. in a Toyota Rav Four, available in hybrid or gas only models. Yeah. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to chat with Jorge Lopez. Um, you referenced before the show, obviously, some wretched news uh, yesterday. And, again, not surprising. We kind of knew this was coming in relation to Brittany Griner, who was sentenced to uh, nine years in a Russian prison. I, the hope is that this was the last step in now getting this prisoner swap done in order to bring her back to the United States. Um, I, I Here, here's the deal. It's, uh, it, 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 was, it is, we're watching a process here. Unfortunately, the process most likely is not going to be, is not going to be like two weeks and right. then she's going to be free. She's probably going to be in that prison for a year to year and a half, they want to make it, they want to make their statement. Yeah. They want Bold, Bold has uh, the guy that the Russians want back, mm -hmm. uh, really bad criminal. Yes, uh, has already done like eleven years. Yep. So of a twenty-five year sentence. So I don't think they're viewing it like I don't think Putin's saying, "Well, I got to have him out tomorrow." It's okay. He can sit. Let her sit. So unfortunately, I'm not expecting this to play it's, out it's, in the next two three everything weeks. about it is so it's horrible horrible Hard. everything about it is yeah. absolutely horrible um and yeah. you know i was it was painful to watch I, I i i watched a little bit of the um the zoom that they did with some of the other mercury players last night and it yeah. was painful to watch like skylar dig and smith talk about like yeah it's this a, is real trauma for yeah. us this yeah. is not like we we are thinking about this every day. Yeah, this day. is not like we, a knee injury that she's got to come back from. You know, we we are horrified. We are frightened. We are terrified and scared for what's happening to our friend yep. right now in a place where they clearly, you know, hate us. Yeah. Um. I, I can only imagine the pain and the difficulty of something yep. like that. Yep. Um, the other kind of big news story yesterday is that the NFL selected who is going to hear Deshaun Watson's appeal, and former I, Attorney General in the, the state, state of New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it won't be Roger Goodell making the final decision. I would be at least a little bit surprised if he didn't have a feel for how this person might feel or rule to make sure that 
It's going to be a suspension that's longer than six games. I, of course, I don't know that by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Um, the NFL continues to want it to be for the entirety of the 2022 season and the playoffs, and then we'll we'll deal with it after that. Um, I think there's something to to making a suspension in a crime like this. And again, this is not murder, but it's sexual harassment. To to let a guy just have six games and then we just right. wipe it's our just hands over. clean. Yep. I'd want to know that the guy shows a period of true remorse and understanding what he's done for longer than six games. That's I'd, been... I'd say a full season with the commissioner then having, by keeping it indefinite, by having the ability to say, hey, you're getting six games for the second year because you screwed up again. Or I, I, like I will make a comparison here, and this is a very difficult, like, I, I don't, nothing about this is apples to apples, yeah. right? Um, and it's tough for me. I'm very involved. I think everybody knows with Show Your Soft Side, and um, it's an incredible animal charity in this area, and what they do with Barks to try to, to get more animals adopted is really amazing, yeah. and a lot of athletes are involved with it, and um, you know, I was the MC for uh, Project Runway this year, and it's an incredible group. And there are a lot of people within that group that will never forgive Michael Vick. Like, they'll never be mm-hmm. okay with the fact that Michael Vick gets to be on TV and Michael Vick got to play again in the NFL. And right. there are people that I that I love, that I, that I work, that'll say, I'll never, 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 never. The comparison that I would make, alluding to what you're talking about, is Michael Vick, to his credit, showed true remorse. Showed truly, I... I was brought I up a certain. I, screw, right. I, I was brought I up sh- a certain way. I did not understand what I was doing. I am willing to go to great lengths to learn about why this is wrong. To try to help you all. To do everything in my power yep. to try to gain your trust. Now, whether you choose to to forgive Michael Vick, that's I. I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not saying I don't care. It's you're right. You're you have yeah. the right to feel however you want to feel about Michael Vick. But to to the point, he clearly went above and beyond and out of his way to attempt to, to change, correct, to change his behavior. Your point about Deshaun Watson and it was brought up the statement the Browns released this week where like, well, he's showed clear remorse. Where everyone has gone through every statement that he has made, every ounce of this case, and said. No, he hasn't. Right. <laughs> In no ways. He continues to be defiant as hell, that he did nothing wrong, that uh, it's insane. Like, it's what are you saying? What I mean, is, I'm watching some of the video of the Alex Jones oh, trial. Oh, God. And the judge says, Mr. Jones, this is not, not your right, show. Correct. You can't just say things here. Right. I mean, the, the, the truth the, matters. The, the prosecutor saying, do you know what perju- per, uh, yeah. perjury is? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I'm with you. Like it, it absolutely feels like there needs to be. You would have thought a year away from the NFL already might have been enough for him to to they figure out. Like, dude, you you gotta get your you gotta be a different person. And and there needs to be a firmer commitment that part of his penalty is some type of therapy and treatment yes. and maybe community service. In the area that he... Perhaps simply not going to masseuses any longer is not nearly enough. And I think the other other part of it, Stan, that's important to me, and and I can't remember who we were talking about with this the other day, 
the idea of just falling back on precedent. The comparison I made is imagine if the first person that ever got charged, you know, uh, was ever convicted of a murder was given one day in jail. And then for the rest of eternity, everybody just said, well, that's the precedent. Sorry. All we can ever do is one day in jail for every murder that ever happened. At some point, as a society, as as right-thinking people, we have to acknowledge this precedent does not make sense for what it is that we're dealing with. And for this initial judge to say, well, look, the problem is the precedent. Look at Ben Roethlisberger. Look at all... We can't suddenly just say, well, now we're going to suspend this guy for a year when there have been similar cases and they have not gotten those penalties. Well, in hindsight, it's easy for all of us to say they effed up on the Roethlisberger thing, too. Like, we've got to be able to say as right-thinking individuals that precedent can't just exist forever because the penalty is wrong. And so that, to me, is is almost a bigger stakes than just yeah. the Deshaun Watson thing here, is that the NFL has to be able to say to everyone else moving forward, no, there are going to be severe, severe penalties for this. We cannot continue to allow this to just be a... Just like a skate. Exactly you know, right. You know, And the Cleveland Browns, frankly, should keep their mouths totally shut. They have no say in this. They claim that they we really did our homework on the player. Nonsense. Uh, you know, absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not the world's biggest Baker Mayfield fan. You know, I think he was a jackass when he did the thing with um, you, uh, the coach, uh, his head coach. He made fun of him after he gotten fired. You, uh, oh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh yes. Jackson. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I thought he was a real jackass, you know, uh, making fun of him when he scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh but I have to say, the way the Browns treated Baker Mayfield was disgraceful. Okay. It really was disgraceful. I, um, you know, I yeah. look it's the, for as but much it's as going to make me some money, right? Because you're betting on him as comeback player of the year. Baker Mayfield is comeback player of the year. I'm counting that money, yeah, baby. All right, ten dollars um, for a hundred, a hundred <laughs> for a thousand. Go ahead and start. You, and that's good because you're going to owe me that bet over at Glory Days Grill, so yeah. you could spend it on me over there, getting me some of that South Carolina barbecue chicken. Mm. That uh, yeah, as that I'm, good. I'm up two one right now. Yeah, well, we'll see. The next, the next bet was uh, DL Hall when he makes his debut, and oh. so Stan picked July something. Ooh, boy. And then your day was today, Glenn. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! What was and your date? Mine was August 18th. Oh, so, so, in two weeks. so hang on a second. But we, you'll officially be closest. What's the difference between the fifth and the eighteenth? What's the middle date there? Uh, that would be the twelfth, I, I guess. Yeah. So officially, of never. officially on August twelfth, you so win. So one that. week from today, you yeah. be, you get closest to the pin on August twelfth. Yeah, right. So this is an important week for me. Oh man, I feel bad. Huge, huge I, week. I'm sorry, Dean Kramer. I kind of need you to stink tonight. <laughs> Great guy. I appreciate everything. I just kind of need you to stink in order to get that point. All right, when we come back in, a guy who didn't stink this year, uh, Jorge Lopez, uh, spent uh, an emotional 20 minutes chatting with Jorge Lopez, and uh, we're going to get that to you next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGamblingHotel.com. 
The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute the Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. Uh, Stan, you were just talking off the air about the fact, that, as you you heard in that uh, commercial break, us uh, reminding everybody about the uh, the salute to coaches issue of Press Box. We are less than two weeks away from the next print issue of Press Box. Do you want to give anything away about the new print issue? Larger than life. Larger than life. Is the cover. Well, that could be about anything. That could that be about. Could be, that but could, it's about. I believe that was also the theme for you and I's uh, <laughs> a month in the Boys of uh, uh, Hamden calendar, that's, that's I believe, right. is what they. Oh, God, we got that coming we, up. We do have to do that. We, we have do to have to. We do have to do that. Um, we've got uh, Mark Andrews on the cover. Ravens tight end, Bo Smolka doing a deep dive into talking to and talking about what kind of person he is and his playing career, and uh, he's the man. Well-deserved, well – I mean, I, Mark Andrews has risen to being a absolute superstar, yeah. and we kind of like to, when we do these – when you get to August, obviously your cover is likely to be a Ravens cover because yep. it's what's going to be on the stands as the season gets underway. And we've attempted to kind of identify the player that has risen to that level that's broken through. We did it with Marlon Humphrey. 
Um, and now Mark Andrews has clearly stated that he is a superstar within this league. Yeah. So we um, hope we don't do to him. Yeah, what, it wasn't. What we did to Marlon. Well, Humphrey. I'm still not. I, I don't think Marlon Humphrey's done. I want to make no, that abundantly clear. He just kind of had a little bit done. of a down yep. year. Just yep. a little bit of a down year. So yes, hopefully there is no curse involved with Mark Andrews. But that will be hitting newsstands uh, not next week, but the following week. Our uh, new print issue of Press Box with Mark Andrews on the cover. Um, so you can look forward to that being at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Before we listen to this uh, conversation with Jorge Lopez, just give me your thumbnail about his story and you know his time here in Baltimore. Well, it's a, it's a remarkable story. You had a guy here who clearly didn't have amazing confidence. It, it, you know, you can tell watching him that he was frustrated with why his stuff didn't play. And I thought for most of the time here, Glenn, and I was pretty vocal about it, he's got good stuff. He's in the wrong position. And uh, it was interesting because at the end of last year, we all thought that Tyler Wells was going to play Jonathan Papelbon and be a converted reliever, a starter to reliever, and Jorge Lopez would just be jettisoned. Well, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and they came up with the idea of using him as their closer, and it worked, and he's going to make a lot of money now. There's, you know? no, there's no question about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, uh, as I told you guys, we had to do this uh, because of his schedule and, and sort of getting situated now. You with just the, didn't want me to talk to him. That's really what it was. Yeah. I said, boy, that Stan might scare him off. Yeah. Um, and admittedly, you know, Jorge speaks really wonderful English, but of course there's an accent there yeah. and – um, but I, it's it's going to come through, I promise you. We, uh, we really enjoyed this chat. Jorge Lopez right here on GCR. Well, it's really a pleasure to be joined by our next guest. I don't love that we have to describe him as a former Oriole, but other than that, it's really a pleasure for him to take the time for us. Um, he's now a Minnesota twin, and what a special ride it has been for him and us getting to know him and getting to know his family. He is a truly special individual. He's Jorge Lopez, and he's with us now here on GCR. Jorge, it's Glenn. It's so great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, Jorge, can you put into words, just describe what this week has been like for you, your family? I, I can only imagine the range of emotions that you have felt. Yeah, as you just say, a lot of emotions. Uh, you know, the good part is like being close to my family and to stay together with them. Uh, even last couple of years, it's been hard to to get that uh, this opportunity. But man, like you say, what a journey! Uh, uh, what a lot of memories I have with with that group of guys, and it feels like really, really impact impact my life and I, to my to me and to my family. And I and I bet to them also uh, as an inspiration. We we are as a family, so just so thankful, uh, you know, for for all, all these events going. You know, is it, something it, it kind of took a surprise when we were uh, when I was in, in Orioles. Uh, it was a a good way, and and like you say, it was a good ride to where they were mm-hmm. playing like really good, and you know, you don't expect those decisions but you know god has a purpose and i know mike's alias and his group of staff are doing an amazing job during the all this year so you know uh i just blessed 
to to be here uh, with now a new team, new chapter to where these guys are. I mean, excellent, and you know, I, I have a lot to to put myself to. You know, a lot of Latin guy like Correa, Miranda, mm. and mm. you know, being close to these guys and uh, is it, something. Uh, you know, you 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 don't see it on on your future when I was there. So now, being here, just another blessing. Uh, boy, it's powerful to hear you talk about that, Jorge. If we can go back for a second, did did you did you know at all that this might be coming? Did you have any you know did anybody say to you like, look, hey man, we just want to be straight up with you. There's a possibility, or did this completely catch you off guard on Tuesday? Yeah, absolutely. I was sleeping that day, and you know, it's a lot of expectation. Where you know, where it was a lot of talk going, and mm-hmm. we start everything with Trey. And when I see Trey gone, I mean, it, it just uh, you can respect everything, you know. Sure, uh, sure, right. Where he's at. He's the leader, you know. He's the inspiration to us, and that's the that's the guy who teaches so much to to us and in this game. So we just we I, I was just locking in onto the game, you know. As a player, you just try to go there. Don't don't distract to those comments and just go to your business. So, uh, but yeah, next day uh, it. it it was it was me, and it took me a little surprise, and because this guy's been doing so much for me and for my family, so and you know still healthy and all all these things going so well, so it, it, it's it's little you know on 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 where you, little sad where you just sure. don't want to leave. But at the same time, you know, we understand this is uh, a real business. I, I completely get what you're saying. Jorge Lopez with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jorge, can you describe what, what the Orioles and what Baltimore have meant to you, not just in your, your, your baseball life, obviously, you know, this magical season you're having right now, but in your life as a whole? How do you describe what this community and this team have meant to you? I think I got one word is just growing, hmm. growing as a player, growing as a father, growing as a teammate, growing of a lot of things. You know, you even with the young guys, the more they when they get to the team, you can feel the energy, the the mentality of we want to play hard we want to get better we want to uh to listen and, and learn about this game and when when i get there you know you you get uh, as a player like it happened a little bit here when you get trained and you get to the new team you kind of shy you gonna you don't have to you, you you don't have a lot to talk just listen and i did and that's something I learned so much of, you know, of this game, just not 
only them. It was a group of effort where it came from the physical, uh, mental uh, point. So it's it's something you really thankful for it to to everyone of the effort they put to to the clubhouse and to the game. Oh. I, I, by the way, I'm I'm starting to get emotional thinking about the next question I'm going to ask because I'm telling you, um, Jorge, I'm a father. I've got two little boys. I got a seven year old. I got a five year old, and and I've been very fortunate that that they have not gone through a lot of health issues in their life. But um, that night in Boston, man, even when I think about it, um, I start to get emotional. I start to tear up a little bit thinking about how special that was. Um, can can you describe what it meant to you for your teammates here? to embrace your son the way that they did and to lift him up with you knowing he got to come watch you pitch? Yeah, man. That's something that's going to be forever. Uh, and I were mine. And, you know, it's just so thankful for for little details, you know. And just that little things, that's why players became – much better and became so so good on this game wow and you know which they took this little part of the game just knowing this game is more than this sport you know it just it's a family you know they they see the inspiration Mikael had from not only from us as a parent if not as a, how much he loved the game. Mm. Even I didn't teach him, he just watching me and watching everybody. He, he, I could not be on the field, but he would love to be uh, watching everybody in the field. So it's something, you know, like you say, it tears a lot of emotions. You get really, really sensitive about you know how how life could be and how how life you have to as long you can love it and 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 do it the right way to teach him how important is uh our commitment to to the kids to the fans and and to the family oh Brother, I am um, I'm telling you, I got I got chills right now going through my body. Um, that was such a special thing. Uh, uh, Jorge Lopez with us here on GCR. Uh, Jorge, how did this happen this year, man? Like, you know, it, big picture. Now, now that you've been doing it for long enough to know that it ain't a fluke. Like, you're really good at this at the back end of a bullpen. Um, how uh, so, some guys struggle to make this jump, and, and some guys deal with the disappointment of – things not working as a starter and and they can't emotionally or, or mentally handle that why were you able to so seamlessly make this change and handle the high leverage of these situations particularly as the games got more and more important this season absolutely i think since the first day i became pro uh it's something you never you know just so thankful to just get draft, mm -hmm. get the opportunity and get through the minor league system and get to that 
trade, get to to um, you know new experience, and like you say, just embarrass of what's going on, and don't take it, everything as a negative. Just take that positive side of something is for purpose, and. I mean, I feel like I've been doing a really good job on getting my mentality even when I have a lot of up and downs. It's been a roller coaster, but just having patience with the process mm. and, and, and try to remember those little things, little details from everyone who wants to me help. And when I get to the Orioles, I uh, feel it connect everything where I find myself as a one, of, like you say, one of the elite uh, closer. And I mean, just being grateful of what's going on. And I know a lot of people notice, like, you don't have to give, you don't have to give, like, you know, details uh, like, you know, life is not only money, you know. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not only about that. You know, you can buy the strain of the words of, you know, the coach who told you how the things can be or how the things could be changed or just listen every single moment and watching and see what's going on on this big time and still you know you get to the new team and, and and it's something different the way they go and the way they handle things so you just keep learning uh about it and i think i really opened since the first day i became pro and i think that's what it, it, it gave me a little stronger on my mentality. Sure. Which my family has been huge for me, where I got a lot of support outside of the field. And that that thing, when you put it together, you just, you just, you just knowing yourself and just keep executing things and, and try to be better. And every single day. I, I guess it would be easy to say, given what you've been through as a father, there's nothing that baseball can present you that would be tougher than that, right? <laughs> like, That's right. You know? That's uh, right. Uh, it's, it's incredible perspective when you think about it that way. What Was was there one person within this organization, Was uh, you know, whether Chris Holt, I don't, I don't know who it might be, was there somebody that was particularly helpful for you as you made the transition that, that made it easier for you? Was there someone that, that gave you good advice or that you leaned on a little bit? Yeah, man. I mean, I give it a credit to everybody. You know, uh, it's such a great thing just to get the organization try to listen every single part where you can learn. Uh, I don't. I'm. I don't want to say one specific person because every single person on that clubhouse helped me to get improved where I'm at right now. Wow. And we worked so hard to 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 the since the first day and they know that because I mean Mike gave me the opportunity to be part of the team. Sure. Brando gave me the part of the being 
as a starter again and being a closer and have that transition hold me and Chris help me on little details on my speeches and you know the strength coach helped me on 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 the part of take care of my body even the the medical staff helped me to improve myself as a mentality that every single one the video cam the 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 bands, uh, the video cameras, like the guy who worked for, for teaching or how how to, to, to never forget how to study. Hmm. You know, hmm. never, never uh, take, never waste that time of you can do things better when you listen and you open your eye, your eyes, you open your ears and just being that sponge. And now it's just about me to get there and keep competing. Um, I, I just want to a minute or two here more with uh, Jorge Lopez. I want to run two names by you, uh, and you just mentioned one of them, so I'll go there first. What do people need to know about Brandon Hyde, Jorge? Like it, he's someone that that's so wildly still unknown to the 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 bigger baseball world because you know the Orioles. It's been a struggle the last couple of seasons, but. How important has he been for this group of guys coming together and and accomplishing what you guys had accomplished, you know, before you moved on to the Twins? It's huge, man. You can see it. I mean, he is a great, you know, father, great family, and he teaches us a lot. You know, even we have a lot of struggle last year. And one thing I really learned about just have patience, just have patience, just go to your business every single day. And, you know, the last thing you can do is give it the 200% on the field. So mm. he just, he just want us to be so committed to the communication, to be on the same page where everybody was. And, you know, there is, man, I mean, it's one of the healthiest teams. He's one of the 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 greatest comeback team where we were almost uh, last of the division. Yep. And now they just uh, go into their way. And, you know, it's really important to have that person where it's so much strong mentality than when you put yourself uh, to to listen to us and to what is going to be good and what is not could be happening. That's the guy who we listen, you know. So he got a lot of good things to this game. And, I mean, he got a friend forever here. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and then my last one for you, I, the guy that that replaces you, the guy that moves into your role and you know, you were one of the best stories in baseball all season, but I don't know, there's an argument that Felix Batista might be an even better story. Um his rise from single A a year ago to now being this guy. Um what did you learn about Felix and and what impresses you most about him as he makes this jump? Man, what a what a big man! <laughs> he, he he he's such a man. He got 
Hicks are really inspiration, man. You know, this guy is not scared. He he was there and just feeling like he was his 15th year on the big league. Wow. Man. And, you know, this guy just keep learning. He was really open. And one thing, he never changed, you know. He just keeps improving. And this this guy is going to be really good for a long time. Oh, yeah. uh, even, even don't say him, it's the whole bullpen. You know, CL, Tate, Aiken, uh, all these guys, So, which is are really good, Brian, Baker, and, I mean, that group of guys is going to be really good to stick together for a long time. Now, I, we we are going to miss you badly, uh, dude. I I want to I just want to say this: we joy, truly enjoyed watching you play baseball. But you are even more remarkable to me as a father and as a man, my friend. Um, Thank you. And 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 we will miss that here. We're we're telling you that we'll root for you. You'll understand that when we get to the playoffs and it's the Orioles and Twins, we won't necessarily be rooting for you then. All right? Like, I hope, <laughs> I hope you understand that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's, that's quite understandable. I understand. <laughs> uh, Jorge Lopez, we can't thank you enough for taking the time for us this morning, and we wish you so well. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished, man, and best of luck in Minnesota. All right? It's... Sounds good, man. Thank you. Jorge Lopez, uh, great stuff. Really powerful stuff, him talking about his time in Baltimore. Obviously, everybody knows about his son, uh, Michael, and, and his health issues. and um, Just uh, and it really, really, really in- in- incredible to hear, not just where he is now, how it is he can reflect on life and how things have changed for him and just a lot of powerful just, stuff there. It's just great to see somebody that nice mm-hmm. get over that hurdle and have confidence in themselves. So glad you and said that. Yeah, it's uh, because it's, uh, it's a good thing, and he is a good man. There's no question. Yeah. He is a very he's a remarkable – when you see somebody as a father – and look, I, I admit, I am very soft now. Being a father myself has – you know, really change the way that I view things. But man, when you see that and somebody else, someone, I, like, I can't imagine the difficulty of uh, the fear that you go through when your kid is dealing with Crohn's disease, when your kid yeah. is dealing, like, I, I can't fathom. I have been so incredibly fortunate with my two sons. They've had very few. We got We got to get my, my, my uh, five-year-old's tonsils taken out. It's probably the most significant thing that either one of them have been through. Uh, to this point in their life. I can't fathom. Like I, It would be overwhelming to me. It would be difficult for me to come in and do my job on a day-to-day basis. For him to be able to compartmentalize being a father, taking care of his kid, um, doing special things for his kid um, as he goes through everything, and then to make this transition, kind of relearn everything and have the success that he's had. It's Remarkable. Great story. Plainly remarkable. Great story, and we wish him well in Minneapolis. No doubt about it. All right, we come back in. Uh, We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular. Stan, the fan's been hanging out with us this morning, and he prepared a musical number for you. I did. Right? We (laughs) Didn't we talk about about the musical? Next week. Oh, that's the week I'm not here. (laughs) Uh, We'll come back in and put the finishing touches on a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. Hey, Birdland, join in on the fun and celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 6th, as the O's take on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 5.05. The first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive a 30th anniversary Oriole Park t-shirt. Then stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite, I Love the 90s concert, featuring Drew Hill with a special performance by Cisco and Smash Mouth. Tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley and I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the fan with us as we wind down for a Friday edition of GCR. Don't forget, every Tuesday morning, Simply the Bets is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. 11.40 a.m. is when you can watch and listen to the program. And every other Thursday morning, we got weekend bookies for you as we try to win you some money. We do our best to win you some money. It is also where you can cash your Griffiths Group. Griffin's gratuitous grouping tickets. Uh, oh, how'd you? After each weekend. Yeah, first leg. So how the CFL? Yeah, the CFL, CFL last night was Winnipeg, Winnipeg Blue Bombers covered the five, five and so a half. So what's what's next up? Uh, tonight we got Anthony Pettis 
right uh, the, over in the, in the Ray professional in the, fighters or whatever that PFL, thing is called professional right, fighters right, so you're I was sweating for three quarters uh, it was a close game it was 14 to 14 and then uh Blue Bombers uh, scored 21 uh, unanswered in the fourth. And how much did you put on it? How much did you... I just put a small small amount since right. after the last one didn't hit. Well, I thought you were going to have show a little faith. I, I do have faith. I, I bet it. Okay. Gr- Griffin <laughs> seems like he's probably won a million dollars. He, you know, he's mm. very quiet, you know. We talked about this, by the way, Stan. Yeah. Because we this played into Would You Rather Wednesday the other day. Yeah. If you had hit the $1 billion jackpot you know, last how week do you know for a fact that I this didn't. is and what you're saying is what i'm telling people you'll never know you will never know because i don't want anybody to know i don't want anybody in my life to know that i suddenly have an extraordinary amount of wealth right. so the scenario i presented was like you you find somebody you offer to pay them 30 percent, and they go public. they public they say i was the winner and you're giving them a good chunk of money but it's a billion dollars that we're talking right. about. You're still keeping a good chunk of money. So they'd have to pay the taxes. Well, I think we'd split the taxes. I think okay. we'd split the taxes. So essentially it ends up being like a half a billion dollars. By the way, think we'll survive. Think we'll be able to get by on that number. And I'm giving up 30% of it. Again, think I'll be able to be okay with whatever that is, $320 million or something like that that ultimately comes my way. I'll live off of that for no one to ever no, I'll just come into work the next I day. I might pay for a few more drinks. I might pay for a few more things. I'll definitely give a little bit more money Would to charities. You give something to me. Yes, but yeah. not, but not a lot. What I'm Would saying you is, buy it, press box it, from us. Honestly, I probably would. Uh, I, I, but you know what? <laughs> you know what it would be? Yeah. I would invest. It wouldn't be that I would buy it because I don't think I want that responsibility either, right. Stan. Right. I don't think I do. I think I want to just keep doing what I'm doing. But I would probably try to find a way. To have there be like an angel investor, right? Someone who invested a bit more money for us to get the neon signs in here that we've been looking for, for us to be able to, to throw the big block get a party, better chair right? For, be- better for chairs, yeah. uh, hundred. I would think I would do that, yeah. But I wouldn't. I, I, you know what I really fear is that you would. I've, I've had so many thoughts about this. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it's never gonna happen, but I've thought about it a million times. I feel like. You would say, I'm just gonna write I'm just gonna try to write like a fifty thousand dollar check to everybody that I care about. Right. right? Like just here's the deal. I won the lottery. I'm writing all of you a fifty thousand dollar check. Well, fifty thousand dollars isn't gonna last everyone for forever. And at the end of it, that person that you cared about is still gonna say they know you're wealthy. And that fifty thousand dollars ain't gonna get them that far. So I don't want them to know. I just don't ever want them to know. I'll do small things to try to take care of people uh, the way that I can, but Remember the story about what Dean Smith did with, in, oh, his, in his yes. will? Yes, yes. Sent like a hundred dollar yep. gift gift card to, to every former to player, every former yes. player to go have a dinner. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yep. Oh, that's, that's a very cool, cool idea. Cool. I do yeah. actually like that a lot too. I yeah. I would do like a five dollar. But but you know, then you'd have to wait till I die, Stan. And I'm not trying to say anything out of turn. I just feel like. M- probably you're going to win that race. Like, if I had to guess. That's, that's true. You're that's probably going to win that Hey, I've said race. the same thing to 90-year-olds, Glenn. Ah, I don't You know what? I need to thank uh, Mrs. Charles, and I need to thank the Rifkin family because um, there was a really amazing donation that was made this week uh, for my friends. A lot of clothes, a, right? A lot of clothes for the friend, uh, our friends at the Helping Up Mission. Um, I, I, it's going to go an incredibly long way. And um, Jane, uh, Mrs. Charles, has been very involved. Once she found out how I was involved with the Helping Up mission, she's she's, she's become co-captain. I mean, she 
has has been unwavering in her efforts to to get more and to do more and to um, embrace uh, what they're doing and trying to lift people up and and get them closed to go back to work and things along those lines. And so I'm do truly you, grateful for that. Do you know anything about Scott Rifkin's li- dad, Arnold? So I re- actually ended you know, up reading. Did you read the I stuff ended up about reading a, a Franz Rasmussen's uh, obituary in the yeah. Baltimore Sun, and what a life! Invented the mobile unit. That is now standard operating procedure at any TV station yep. around from Harrisburg. He, PA he was to a New cameraman York. himself. Yep, and built a built a, a mock-up of the first ever, mm-hmm. and then Jay Z went with it and built it, and then people just stole the idea. And he had know, and he, he had served it. correct as well. Yeah. in the military, yep. served in the military, and then had some type of accident at work. That cost him about seventy or eighty percent of his hearing. Okay, and he ended up at the age I'm talking about, like the age of fifty-five to sixty, went to France and studied cooking because he'd always been. And he actually helped open up Linwoods. He was one of the chefs, which is at which Linwoods. is a remarkable yeah. place. I mean, this guy was a world-class chef <laughs> after losing a, a good chunk of his hearing. Just an absolutely remarkable guy. His sons, of course, yep. he's got three of them, uh, but I only know Alan and Stephen, uh, Scott, Scott yep. um, uh, both remarkable as well. And and I can't, I was overwhelmed, overwhelmed by their the decision that uh, Mrs. Rifkin and the family made to uh, donate all of his clothes uh, yep. to the Helping Up mission. So I'm going to be down there Sunday morning taking them with me and... I, I can't. It, it it makes me emotional, yep. um, and it's something that I. It's I, good that they're going to a good. Call. We've we've had some listeners over the years who have said the same thing. Hey, my father just passed away. My buddy Chris Erich said my father just passed away. I got to come back home. I got to clean out. Would you come meet me? And yep. and I said absolutely. And I and I mean that. I will I will come meet you. I will help you clean. Um, I know these are terribly difficult moments. Yep. Um, but what what it, the good that it does for someone is overwhelming. You just so. said you'll help, come and help. Clean the clothes. Come, I'll, no, I'm not going to come. No, that ain't clean. happening. That's going to have to be a problem for somebody else. <laughs> Sorry, man. Not going to happen. All right. Um, anything that we didn't get to today that you want to cover? Anything? Just on my your baseball mind? power rankings. It'll be every interesting. Monday. Every Monday they come out. I work on them very hard during the week and especially Saturday, Sunday, sort of, sort of piecing the puzzle together i had the going into this week i had the padres as number seven Mm. behind milwaukee since then they picked up josh Hader and yeah juan soto i've heard of and josh bell yeah and josh bell and brandon Brandon drury Drury, yeah Yeah. Uh, but joe musgrove might stink (laughs) i don't i don't know how what makes sense of that here's a hundred million dollars now he can't pitch (laughs) it's a really weird bit um yeah there look i this is a big weekend, obviously. They're, are they playing five because they had to get a makeup in Mets there? Mets and Atlanta are playing five. I know they're playing. Padres night. just played five against Colorado. Is that, that's yeah. what it was. They played yeah. five, and they won four of the five because they right. lost yesterday. Right. So they're playing a they're normal playing, series they this weekend the against Dodgers the Dodgers. This weekend and next weekend, I yep. believe. I think and so, that's yeah. the, I believe it's the Sunday night game. I'll tell you in two seconds when we do tubular if it's the Sunday night game or not. All right, uh, tidbit. Uh, brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It is the place to be to watch and bet on all of the major sporting events, um, including just the daily baseball slate. But I keep telling you, football's right around the corner. Think about how great your fantasy draft would be if you guys are all hanging out on Labor Day Saturday watching those week one college football games like Notre Dame, Ohio State, and 
Georgia, Oregon, and Florida, Utah. It's a big weekend of college football, and you can be in there betting on all of those games, winning money as you do your fantasy draft with that huge 100-foot media wall in front of you, great food from sports and social. I cannot think of a better way, but you got to – Food there really it's is It's excellent. Extraordinary. Excellent. Yeah. you got to reserve your spot. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. Events at SportsSocialMD.com because it's going to be a popular weekend. They had a crowd last night for fake football. For real football, it's going to be massive. So reserve your spot. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. All right, here we go. I got a couple here. Uh, so since 2004, there have been 12 teams to hit seven-plus home runs in a game uh, before the Angels did it again yesterday against the there Oakland Athletics. Seven solo home runs yes. and an 8-7 loss to the Athletics, including two from Shohei Otani. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One um, of which was on a ball that was two feet inside, and somehow he turned around and powered it out. I mean, it's just nuts. So those 12 teams were 10-2 and two before the Angels uh, lost, uh, became the third team to lose since 2004, hitting seven bombs. Um, and yeah, I mean the Angels suck. Uh, I mean, does Shohei Otani hold out at some point, or stop playing, or like refuse to pitch at least, like save his arm? No, 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 no. no. They're paying him a lot of money, man. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I mean, they, they suck. I understand, but he's getting paid. <laughs> like you get paid to do a job. Yeah, but how how, how many pitches do you think? I'm not start, now I'm starting have? to worry about Griffin. Like, how many innings does that arm sh- have? How many innings does that arm have? You I, I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Anyway, so that happened, uh, and then also here's here's this is this is this one I like a lot. Uh, since 2020, I, I think the better way to ask your question is at some point the Angels say, "Hey, look, we're not doing anything this year. You don't need to pitch every fifth day." Right. Like that's the better way to say that is for the team to responsibly make the decision to well, say, yeah. "Well, they're not save, save some of those bullets." Correct. Yeah. Well, they're not. That's why. Well, I mean, they, but, but you don't do that on hands. August fifth. You do they're that out of it. I understand. You do that as you get closer to September. That's okay. when you make a decision like that. Okay. Next one I have here since 2020. Uh, it's very personal for you for some reason. It's very odd. You're very aggressive. We need Otani in Baltimore. I don't think that's going to occur. <laughs> since 2020, Jermon uh, Marquez has started for the Rockies on a Friday 10 times. Can you guess the record in what? those 10 starts? Guessing because you asked yeah. it, it's 9-1. Yeah. It is 10-0. and 0. Well, no, they have I not lost. lost. Well, I would get over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live <laughs> Casino pitching, in Hotel Maryland. He's pitching today. Yes, he is. He is pitching, today. He pitching against, he is pitching against uh, Madison Bumgarner and the Diamondback tonight in Arizona, and they're going to be underdogs for only the third time in a Marquez uh, Friday start since 2020. Um, and in all 10 of those wins, they have won by an average of five runs a game as well. Just, I, okay. I, I don't I don't I know what to make of that, it. I just saw that, I would, and I was like, I, I have to share this. I'm with you. I would go bet it. You know, that's... That, Brings brings up a very interesting point. I used to, when I started betting on games, I used to bet baseball mm-hmm. back when I was like 18, 19 years old. And, you know, the theor- the do theory, like, hey, they've lost seven oh, yeah, in a row. They do yeah, 100%. to win. Yeah. Yeah. Statistically, from what I gather from older, wiser sports bettors, is if something, like somebody will say, Hey, Marquez, he's due to lose. It's actually the opposite right. is true that if somebody if a team's won eleven games in a row, they're not due to lose. They're probably they're, good. Yeah. they're, they're probably <laughs> going to win the twelfth yes. game. So this is causation, not correlation with Marquez on Fridays? I would go with yeah. him. Okay. I would go I with mean, Marquez. I, I I wouldn't mess with and it. You might as well take the run line. I mean, they they win by an average. Of course, of five it screwed runs. me. It screwed me betting the under last night. Yeah. I was I was playing the trend there, and I got well, I got burned on that It wasn't, it that wasn't one. ten and zero though. So like, that's true. This it is, wasn't that. 
Um, and I get these from uh, his name's Ralph Michaels on Twitter. Okay. At Cal Sports LV. Just want to shout him out because he puts out interesting stuff every single day. Okay. Um, and this is uh, this was the Pirates Orioles one that I uh, teased earlier. So it's another Friday stat and about the Pirates. The Pirates are one in fourteen on Fridays this season. Oh boy! And they've lost thirteen straight Friday games. <laughs> You remember the season, was it 08 when the Orioles couldn't win on a Sunday? Yeah. I, I, like, I don't remember the year. I think it was, I think it was 08 because I think it was the year I moved back from Phoenix. Right. And they could, like, it, yeah. it. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And they were bad. So, like, you start with the fact that you're bad. But they were they could not win on a Sunday. And he always put out his Sunday lineup right. on top of it. And it was like, they're never. it's never going to happen. But that's an interesting parlay is taking Herman Marquez. Taking the 10 and 0 team. Let's you have know. some fun with this, yeah. shall we? Let's just find. All right, that. I'll continue. I was also going to well, talk how about how much you would pay. Yeah. Last time Two the Pirates, yeah. last time the Pirates were in Camden Yards was June 2017, uh, and the Orioles walked off on the Pirates. So hang on, are we That's taking the game? Mancini hit the home run. Yeah, are we hit two home runs? Yeah, two home runs. That's right. He, hitting. They, he hit in the bottom of the ninth with two out. In the it. bottom of the tenth, I think, to win. Well, it. To tie it first, right? Hit the one in the bottom of the ninth, and then yes, then hit a three run. Right to win it. Exactly. Entered the ninth inning trailing six to two. The Orioles did. Remarkable. Um, are we are we betting the Orioles just to win outright, or are we betting? Yes. No, I'd like to bet a parlay. No, but or- I'm saying, at, yeah, bet Orioles. Yes, yes, to win. Or do we want to take the one and a half? No, nah, Orioles. No, I like the Orioles to win. Kramer on the mound. Just fair. All right, that's fair. <laughs> but I'm a two team parlay, and we're going to throw on now again Colorado. just an outright win. For, Rockies yeah. run line. Rockies yeah. run line. You want them on the run line? Yeah. I want them Stan to wants win. Them on the they win by line. five every Friday. No, nah, I'm that not Marquez going that far, but I'll but go. Marquez is on the mound. Yeah. Combining just, yeah. just wins. Just, just win, money that, line. Just, win, just money line. Didn't Al Davis say just win? Gets us plus 246. Right. On and what size bet? A, if we put a $20 bet, we can make 50 bucks. All right. We in? It's $20. $20 bet. We're putting up 10 apiece. Yeah, I mean, was, I mean the problem is i got to get to the FanDuel Sportsbook in order right. to make this bet. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm know. definitely going to go to the FanDuel Sportsbook right. at Live Casino right. and Hotel. That's where I will yeah. be going to make this right. bet. We in on this? Yeah. 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 I'm in. All right. All right. Very good. <laughs> Very good. All right. So this uh, leads me to my tidbit, which actually, which actually has nothing to do with this. But I was messing around on Baseball Savant yesterday, uh, and they have a stat for uh, average home run trot. <laughs> okay. You're gonna ask me who has the Yes I would. I have no idea. <laughs> yes, you do. You can Stop figure this out. Stop it. Average With at least nine trot. home runs this season, I want the top ten or as many of the top the, ten as the, you can the get. The slowest home run trots? Yes. So uh, that that will exclude Alex Verdugo, who has only hit six home runs, but in those six home runs, an average of twenty nine point seven seconds around the bases. How about Manny Machado? Manny Machado, no, not in the... Oh, yes, he is, yes, he is. There you go, eighth. How about Manny that? Manny Machado. Look at that. 28 need... seconds around the bases for Manny. 28 <laughs> seconds. Look at that. Uh, Aaron Judge. No, Aaron Judge, uh, he picks up the pace. I guess when you hit as many of them, you, yeah. can't, you can't waste that much time. How about <laughs> just because his, he's popped into my head, how about Dan Vogelback? No, not Dan Vogelback. Okay. How about Goldschmidt because he's old? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Man, number, I mean, I one, gotta, number one, I gotta come up with something here. Number one will be surprising. I think the others. I mean, when you think about uh, it, they're all. Su- I don't measure right. people's home run right. trots, Griffin. Right. They're all surprising. Think Why about you just big guys. Them. Big guys. He, all right, this guy hit one last night uh, for the Braves outfielder. Braves outfield Duvall. No, Duvall's out for the rest. Oh, that's of the right. Year. Yeah, what am I talking about? Uh, uh, Ronald Acuna. There you go, Acuna with uh, his ninth home. That, that doesn't seconds. make sense. He's a fleet of foot dude. That doesn't make. How about Luke? He Voigt? wants to enjoy it. How about Luke? Voigt? Oh, that's no, a good one. not Luke Voigt. You see, Vogelback is high up there, but he's not. Riley. Riley? Oh, Austin, Austin Riley. Riley. No, 
Miguel there, Cabrera. There's another Brave. There's another Brave on the list, though. Miguel Cabrera. Nope, not Cabrera. I don't think he's hit nine. Has he? No. Oh, he has to have nine home yeah. runs. Ol- yes. Olsen? No, not Matt Olsen. I don't know. All right. I'm going to. Marcelo Zuna is the other Brave I'm looking okay. for. Okay. 28 seconds around the bases. Juan Soto also takes 28 seconds around the bases. William Contreras. There's actually three Braves. Wow, the Braves. Really lollygagging around the bases here. What the hell are they doing down there? Rafael Devers, 28 and a half seconds. I would have, should have gotten him. Yeah. Jesus Sanchez in Miami. Okay. 28.9. And Vladdy also takes his time. Okay. 28.9. And number, number nine, Jorge Soler. And number 10, Anthony Santander. Santander's okay. in 27, the top 10. Yes, okay. 27.6. Who's got the quickest? Do we have? No, do we know that? Um, I'll see if I can. Uh, well, Sam Haggerty. It's got to be a rookie, right? Sam Haggerty's all... hit three, and it takes him 17 seconds. Stevie Kwan has hit two. Yeah, rookie. All right, here we uh-huh. go. Ten, Brandon Nimmo, he's hit 10. He goes 19 seconds. Brett Phillips. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the reason why you needed him in Baltimore. Yeah. you got to get his fast home run try. That was a weird. Uh, that was a very weird tidbit, bud. Oh, Corey, okay, Corey really... Seager's hit 24, and he's okay. his 22nd okay. trot. I know this was interesting to you, but maybe not the best trivia. Maybe okay. just too, Well, I had good tidbits before. Too, yes, those were good. I agree with that. This is a little bit too obscure. A little too, too much. All right. All right. Uh, tubular for the weekend. Uh, as uh, Stan, uh, the pitching matchups this weekend, you want to remind me for? Pitching matchup tonight is Kramer versus Keller, Mitch Keller. Uh, and those that game is at 7.05, yes. correct? Yes. Tomorrow's game, by the way, remember, folks, if you're planning to go tomorrow. By the way, tonight is on Masson. The other two are on Masson, too. Okay. But tonight's game is at 7.05. Tomorrow's game, because of the concert yep. afterwards, is 5 o'clock, and that will be Brubaker versus Voth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Voth. What's Brubaker's first name? JT. JT yeah. Brubaker. And then Wilson... Bryce Wilson, yes. I think it is, yes. versus Spencer Watkins on Sunday. Mm. And that will be at 135? Yes, okay. correct. And again, tonight is on Masson because the Nationals are on Apple tonight. Okay. So the rest of the weekend, they're on Masson too. Um, the Premier League is back. If that's something for you, USA this afternoon for Crystal Palace and Arsenal at 3 o'clock. Uh, Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse continues out at the USA Lacrosse Complex in Sparks tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, the Football Hall of Fame ceremony is tomorrow. They're doing it not in prime time, I think, just because the class is kind of meh. You know, it's there's not really like a huge headliner. In fact, I think I saw that Dick Vermeil will speak last at the Hall of Fame ceremony, but it's tomorrow at he noon. He will be talkative. Yes, and will be emotional for sure. I like Dick Vermeil a lot. Big, big fan of Dick Vermeil, yep. but there's just not a big headliner in this year's class. That great that story about what he did for Leonard Toes mm-hmm. when Toes was bankrupt and mm-hmm. and basically didn't have a penny to his name uh dick vermeil who and leonard toes was the guy who owned the eagles yep. and hired dick vermeil when he was down and out in late 80s i think early 90s he'd gambled all his money away uh dick vermeil paid for his his life essentially yep. for I think it was like three, four, I, five I, I years. I believe that's correct. I do remember hearing that story, yeah. and he, he is a, a special man. Yeah. There's no question yeah. about that. But that's tomorrow at noon on both ESPN and NFL Network. Everything else you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Anything non-sports-wise that stands uh, out? Well, of course, the PFL playoffs uh, on ESPN tonight. Okay, fine. Yes. You need to watch those for anything you know, fine. Right. Uh, a couple movies. Uh, let's, all right, so the big one, I think, is Hulu, uh, Prey, the 
I have seen movie. a lot. I have seen a lot yeah, about that. That looks yes. kind of cool. Yes. Um, there's okay. So when Peacock, uh, stick with me here. So Kevin Bacon runs an LGBTQ plus conversion camp. And what is it called? It's called. That, well, I'll get to it. Hold on, hold on. So it's it's there. It's a camp, uh, and then of course there's a serial killer out there who's just killing everyone. What? Um. Yeah. 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 Um. And then and so it's a slasher film. So they call it They Slash Them. And Kevin Bacon is Kevin Bacon is uh yeah. I gotta be honest with you. That sounds like the type of thing that they would have done in Thirty Rock. Like I, I swear to God, it sounds like a scene from Thirty Rock where they're like, "We're doing a, a slasher film with Kevin Bacon, and he's at a, a conversion camp. What's it called? Uh, they slash them. Like that. That would be the punchline for very a Thirty good. Rock joke. Very good. Very good. God, that's bad. Yeah, it's a real Did movie. Did you see the Gray Man yet? I haven't. I still haven't seen it yet. I got caught up <laughs> on Better Call Saul this week. Yeah, that was how I spent. Great show. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's about it. Netflix has a new series uh, called The Sandman. Looks pretty crazy. I've, I watched the trailer. I still I have no idea what it could possibly be about. Okay. Um, but All right. it looks interesting. Big push. Know. Yeah. Big push. But it's a, it's a new series. <laughs> Very good. The, I, think he, I think The Sandman controls your dreams, essentially. That was my takeaway. The best show anybody can watch on Netflix is, is the Mr. In Between. Oh, you know, you told me about that one. I haven't watched the D.B. Cooper one. I need to watch mm. that one. Yeah, that's, that's I need, pretty entertaining. I need to, it's a documentary. I need to that's watch that. And sure. on Disney Plus, uh, the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation Special. Okay. Yeah, I never missed that. Check it out. At Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you follow him. Stan the Fan, appreciate you. Thank you for coming Thank in you. and joining Thank us this you, morning. Glenn. Thanks also to Dave Cottle. Thanks to Mike Devereaux. And thanks, of course, to Jorge Lopez. We'll get all that up in the greatest hit section of the Arch. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On Monday's show, Daryl Hill's going to join us, uh, also part of this year's uh, Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame class. And Austin Hayes is scheduled to join us on Monday, um, both the Orioles Heart and Hustle Award recipient, and he announced a new scholarship program that he has started, and we want to shine some light on that because I think that's a wonderful thing as he tries to sort of entrench himself in this community. It's very specific. Yes, that's and it's right. very specifically for a, Mar- a student in the state of Maryland. So I do, I like everything that's about really that. Uh, want to shine some light thing, on yeah. that. All right. Uh, don't forget tomorrow morning, the bat around as uh, Paul and Zach will be talking baseball. Stan will be chiming in with them, with them then, 10 to noon in the same locations. And uh, Reed and I on Sunday afternoon, 1 to 4 on the fan. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Acosta Sin, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.